It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again is <laughs> the commissioner buried deep in the snows of upstate New York, Jude Seymour, and the chief inspector, Brenda McElinden. Fellas, what was the worst Christmas gift that you got? Um, I have I have a worst Christmas gift. Oh, I was assured. What was, the, what was the worst one that you got this year? Um, so I, I, my mom got me some sort of, um, I don't know. It's a hammock for your head that you put on like a doorway and I got it and I was like, thanks mom. This is really cool. I, I love it. And I was very generous and nice about it. But internally I was like, I will never use this absurdly dumb gift and you just wasted, <laughs> you just wasted money. What are, what, what is this nonsense? So you put it in the doorway? It's I guess uh so I'm looking at the box here and it's like a, a it's it's a, it's a hammock for your head. It's like a so head you can lay on the ground and then you rest your head in the hammock so you can I guess sleep in in doorway like I, I don't I don't understand so, it. So someone can like your neck. I'm so confused. But I mean if the door's open you can literally like smoke someone's fucking head by smoke slamming the door, head. right? Oh, your head has to be because it has to be open for it to operate. So you'd really you'd have to make sure that you were laying like inside like the door. uh, Is there a technical term of the way the door opens and swings like on that side? 
if you're on yeah. the opposite side, uh, you got a door coming in and just that that's concussion city, baby. I mean, it's just, it's a disastrous, it's, it's a bad gift. And I feel bad that you like, it's the kind of thing that you'd get at a white elephant. It's like, here's your trash gift for a white elephant. And like, I don't know how much it costs. And especially like spent. an office, like an office white elephant. Like right. you're always, you're always trying to catch a nap at work here. Just do this on the floor of your office. Right. Like you give it to the person who's always falling asleep at work. It's like, haha, we got you. We, we, we goofed on you. It's like, we know I'm that you, we know that you're late. We know that you're lazy as fuck. Uh, <laughs> let's I don't get it. to. I have a I have a two and a half year old. I don't get to close doors and fall asleep. Somebody, no, she'll come right in and smash through my head. It's like, oh great. Now the Great. So, Joshua, I didn't I didn't have a worse gift, but I actually had a a huge success that I wanted to talk about because I think it's actually relevant to this podcast. Um, I went ahead and bought five, uh, mystery tees from the home field apparel, 12 days. Oh, of good for you. Good for you, Jude. And, uh, and I bought them all in the same size because I knew that there was four, possibly five people who all sort of wear the same size in my family. And then I, uh, actually just did like a wheel of names and we literally opened them up at the same time. I had no idea what was inside and I didn't preview them at all. And I just peel off the top. The first person got the first t-shirt, the topmost t-shirt, the second person got second most and, and nobody got to like pick or whatever. They just got it. They just, they just got what they got and actually uh, produced some really funny results, which was my son got a DePaul 1979 final four, like, Oh, Oh, that's a dope shirt. Basketball t-shirt. Um, my wife got an, really weird Indiana design, which I, I had, I don't think I'd ever seen before. Um, it looked kind of like a, maybe there was like a bowl in the middle of it. I have no yeah. idea. There. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's popular. My, uh, my niece got the one I actually coveted the most, which was uh, the smoky dog, uh, Tennessee one that they just put oh. out the hoodie. So that looks fire. And, um, uh, my youngest son got a Michigan state Spartans one, which was just like Sparty head. Um, but which, was it rugged Sparty? Was it rugged Sparty with the stubble? Um, I don't know. It just, it was just his face. I, don't, I didn't notice the stubble if there was stubble. So, um, but it was funny cause when, when that got pulled off, everybody was like, they were like looking at me like, is, is, is Michigan state okay? I'm like, no, Michigan state's fine. I was said, I said, look, it was USC, Michigan, um, Alabama, like, you know, USC. I mean, Michigan like, state's kind of fine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Michigan kinda, state, like, like, I'm not going to like beat on my kid for like wearing it, you know? So, and the last one was um, Arkansas Razorbacks. Like I think it was like maybe another basketball one, but it had like a, a galloping hog or whatever on it. So that was actually pretty cool. So uh, I, I see the I see the Sparty. They don't even have the best home. Bad on you, home field. You don't even have the best Sparty logo that there is. I know is. which one you're. I know which one you're talking about. I think uh, I know which one you're talking about. It's the so, wait, 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 wait. State. Was the, was the was the Arkansas one? Was that a red shirt or a gray shirt? It was a gray shirt, and I think it said something about maybe yeah. like the '92 championship or something. Or yeah, with uh, what Nolan Richardson was the head coach. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah, that's a dope shirt, man. Yeah, so I, that's a good I, grab. I actually thought, wow, I I feel like I I got off pretty uh, well here because um I think I've I've mentioned this before on a podcast, but I did this last year for just my son, and he got Texas A&M, Iowa State, and <laughs> I think uh, oh Missouri. So that was kind of random, but, um, this year more big, way more big 10 than, uh, or a Midwest 
and then I guess a couple south, right? A couple SEC. Dude, how how old's your son? My oldest is ten. And so you got he, a small then? Yeah, I was gonna say he looks a little it looks a little big in an adult small, but he likes it like that. And my wife fits perfectly in that. And then my um, my nieces are are twelve and uh, fifteen, and so that actually works perfect for them. So okay, yeah, okay, because uh, yeah, I've been uh, I've been debating about uh, like my oldest son's eleven. I, mean, that, I was confident that the small that the small one would uh, would fit, but I just didn't pull didn't pull the trigger yet. My yeah. nephew, who's a he's a big he's you know my height, uh, but he's just skinny, but he's built a little bit. He wears a fucking medium. He did the home field mystery, uh, mystery shirt. and got a Detroit mercy shirt. He was pretty, pretty excited about, nice, but when yeah. he sent me the picture, I saw it was a medium size. I'm like, how the hell? Like I am busting out of a two X. <laughs> I gotta, get, I gotta get a three X for the hoodies. Like what is, what the hell? How yeah. are you a medium? How, how would you even get the arms? Cause that's always my problem. Like, I could wear a medium, but like the arms, like it comes up the to guns? your. Well, no, 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 no. The, just the length of the arms, it would like come up to your, uh, I don't know, your forearm. I don't it know. Doesn't have the length. I don't mm. know. Anyways, it, it was kind of a fun spin because again, I, I them and I paid for them, but at the same time, like I didn't know what they were, so it was like we were all learning in real time, and and everyone just seemed to have fun with the idea that they got a random shirt, you know? So, so my worst gift Now I've had, and I asked this question because every year everybody gets just like the most, like what the fuck gift, right? Like, is it, it comes out of nowhere. Like somebody just like grabbed this cause you, they needed to get you something or, or whatnot. It, this has been in existence, uh, since we were children, uh, especially like me and my sisters. Cause our, our, our mother, God bless her. Like she would like, she would like, uh, even now, she should give you like a, a box of like Star Wars fruit snacks because you like Star Wars when you're 10. It's just it's like the most random, random thing ever. Right. Like it would just be included in this in your gift set. But I ask this because my brother-in-law and I both usually get at least one gift that's that's the exact same or very similar from our mother-in-law. And this, and this year it was a it was a personalized uh Swiss Army knife with our names and the Christmas date etched into it, and I just I kept looking at my wife and like it's at like twelve twenty five twenty two. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh wow. yeah. And I keep looking at my wife like I have like forty of these things laying around the house, and I can't tell you that I've ever used one ever, ever. And it just I don't know. It was just the street. My, my now listen, my mother in law is a great gift giver too, which is a fun, which is the funniest thing. Maybe, so maybe I bring that up because it was just the strangest thing, but like the eye glares, like over to my brother-in-law and over to my wife, law, <laughs> like what the hell was she smoking? Like, this is the most random, like nonsense I've ever seen. <laughs> but the funniest part was, uh, my brother-in-law hands it to his, uh, to his daughter, who's probably 11 or 12. And he goes, Hey, he's like, what do you think of this? And she looks at it, she goes, that corkscrew ain't going to work. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I, I just couldn't. I mean, I couldn't stop laughing thinking about an 11-year-old talking about how this little Swiss Army knife corkscrew ain't going to work on a wine bottle. 
like you know, you're raising them right. All right, you're doing the, you're doing the right thing. So, but that was it. And I've been saying that that, I, that was the that was the worst gift of the year. That was a pretty good year for me. My my wife, it, like w- when we first started dating, I I like said to her like you know what's what is what is kind of like the worst gift? And she goes, women get a lot of candles. Like if you don't know somebody, you you tend oh to my god. And she's like. And so every time she got a candle after that, I would just kind of give her the knowing look like, yep, this person doesn't really know you because they got your candle and we literally don't burn candles in our house. So, you know, yeah. So my, we my burn wife, candles and we, we buy candles when they go on sale at Bed Bath & Beyond. So we can just, oh man, we got to get amazing. somebody a present and you just give them like what's normally like a $20 candle and do we just buy them when they're like, uh, you know, 10 bucks a pop. It's like the Jude, ultimate, just like forget about it and give. Jude, that's hilarious. Like, we had an issue with uh, with like black stuff in the house. We had burned we, we had burned so many candles. Like we go through anthropology candles, Bed Bath Beyond candles. We were just we're burning the house down with a ton of candles. We had started to notice some black stuff build up on a few things and realized it was probably the can you know the candles and the uh, from the soot. Just doing some some online research. <laughs> That's like so my half wife of what your ties go to, by the way. <laughs> to scrub right. the candles off the and the incense off the ceiling of the parish. So. Yeah, no shit. So I uh my wife like kind of like told everybody, like this is like months ago. She was done burning candles. It was well known. She had made it a a well known statement that she was done burning candles. Do you know how many candles she got from her own family <laughs> on Christmas? Like six or seven. <laughs> so you say we're back to burning candles again. But it was just like it was the most. And they're like, well, we know you don't burn candles anymore, but here's some candles. It was literally the words I heard come out. And I'm just like, this is Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> just giving stuff to give stuff. Doesn't matter what it is anymore. Uh, so. Well, I'm glad everybody seemingly had. I mean, if the if the head hammock was the worst gift and Jude can't even talk about the worst gift. He's got, he had a great gift going on. And if my first one was a Swiss army knife, seems like we had a great time. You know what else is a great time boys? Leaving reviews on your favorite podcasts on Apple podcasts. That's the best gift of them all. It is the best gift of them all. Uh, and so if you don't know already, get your asses over to Apple podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, any review that you leave, we will read word for word on the next OFT podcast. And per usual, we are looking for a, a specific type of uh, type of review. Brendan, can you tell me what that is? Uh, yeah, we are looking for those earned Joe Alt five-star reviews. Mm, uh, former three-star. Seen if it uh, slides out. Yeah, former three-star. Yeah. Earned five-star. Three Even earned. Jude earned five-star, right? <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> gotta own it now uh all right got one here tonight then from the real coconut five stars mostest professionalist ist of podcasts five stars those earned benjamin morrison five stars unlike those unearned peyton bowen five stars i do not wish the kid ill but i am petty enough to not wish him success either he is a villain now add him to the list Insert Ryan from the office, writing name into notebook gif. Dan Landing is also a villain the way he was smoking that cigar in his office. And Brett Venables always has and always will be a villain. Put some respect to Mike Mickens' name, though, and promote him to a hero 
I will accept his removal from the villains Here list as family. a compromise. Now, Brandon, did we put Mike Mickens on the villain list the last time? I I felt like maybe we did. Yeah, I feel like I feel like maybe we did because we were kind of we were kind of dogpiling on his recruiting, right? I think so. That's I mean, a good question. I don't know if we did, but we might have. So, question. if we didn't, if we didn't publicly, I know we have privately. <laughs> question for Brendan: What is the um, Division One school that has had the most transfers, or most people enter the transfer portal so far? Uh, it's Texas A and M. Yeah, yeah, it is Texas A and M. Twenty four or twenty five. And what right what now. did we learn about Texas A and M before the beginning of the season? Uh, that they bought a recruiting class. Yeah. Okay. So guess what? Turns out maybe that the uh, that the uh, that the dog food that they were selling to these kids actually turned out to be uh, dog food. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, actual yeah exactly dog food. The the filet mignon that was promised was actually uh, uh, dog food, right? I, I think there's uh, something quite- to be I think there's something to be said about telling a kid about you know escalators or you can do this or you can do that and the kid automatically thinking he's going to get X dollars and that never coming to pass. Right. And so I think what you're finding is that kids are saying, Oh wow. I picked this school because I thought I was going to get this payday. The payday never materialized. Now I'm fucking stuck in college station, Texas. Like, and my team stinks and my team. That's stinks. the other part. Yeah. My team yeah. stinks. Yeah. Cause yeah, uh, team really so stinks. Yeah. According to max, according to max Olson of the athletic, Texas A&M has 24 Florida. Uh, Florida has 22, Arkansas is at 21, Arizona is at 20, and Miami's at 18. The average among Power Five schools so far is 10.4 entries per uh, school. Notre Dame so has what the at average, the moment? Yeah, three, three. That is that is now, a quite now. the standard deviation, my friends. Yeah, yeah. And I expect it's that a, number to jump, but I also expect that at, like if Notre Dame's number is going to jump, I expect the uh, the average of ten point four to then jump as well because Notre Dame's not the only team that's going to have a bunch of transfers uh, right. post bowl game slash yeah post uh, spring. So uh, I, yeah, expect I, I expect that number to probably climb to fourteen. So yeah, I kind of expect Notre Dame to be like right around eleven or twelve. What's your what's your sense of this? Has Marcus Freeman had these conversations with uh, with? All the guys, some of the guys about I, next year. I would say so. Okay. okay. So guys I mean, know, right? I think he has a pretty good idea about who is staying and who is going. Um, and I think like even Bauman, who who jumped <laughs> who jumped the gun after he said no one else is leaving before the bowl game. I think that was a from what I gather was a, was a situation where he was going. He was already on his going to go, um, and then whatever, whatever they decided just to pull the trigger. So I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, that I, sounds fair. I mean, we're definitely going to need, I mean, we definitely need ro- some roster clearing uh, to go on and which, you know, the 85, I used to make a big deal of it. Like three, four years ago, I used to, I wouldn't say sweat it, but I'd be like, Hey, they got to fucking lose this guy. Who's it going to be? But those conversations usually only end with uh, angry emails from parents. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I just, it, it's a conversation when you have it, it really does sound like you're dragging a kid's name through the mud. 
when my true like feelings and intentions about it are pretty much the opposite. You know, I want the kids to go, Oh, I want you to be able to do whatever's going to make you happy. And with your success, you know, to go have success and 98 times out of a hundred, the kids that are transferring from Notre Dame are, we're going to be the guys that were succeeding at Notre Dame anyways. Right. Like it's not, it's not that big a deal. Uh, but, uh, you know, these numbers have all worked themselves out over the years. This is a little trickier because we needed we needed to get, you know, we had our big recruiting class uh, and the, there was definite transfer portal targets that they were still going to add uh, and needed to add. And then you get looking at this number. It's like, all right, how does this chop out? And I think we talked about that before on on another podcast. Like you can look at the offensive line. There's probably a couple guys there. You could kind of imagine, you know, a little bit just, you know, in certain spots, um, maybe you know, maybe, uh, you know, a defensive, another defensive back, maybe a wide receiver, uh, maybe a running back. I mean, there's just, there, there's, there's numbers there for guys to, to guys to split out. So, so um, I just want to, I want to like level set here for people, you know, we're looking at probably, what would you say? Two to five guys that will transfer in the first week of January. Would that be fair? The, They've already got one. I say north. Right? I say north of that. North of that. Okay. So l- let me just tell you about the guys that have have have, to, have gone in the first week of January or first second week of January in the last couple of years. And you tell me about these names, and none of them will surprise you. Pete Makwa, Montgomery Van Gorder, Brandon Tiasum, Jonathan McAllister, Elijah Taylor, Micah Dutreadway, Brandon Wimbush, Phil Jerkovic, Jameer Smith, Colin Grunhard. Jafar Armstrong, Isaiah Rutherford, Jack Lamb, Ovi Gofu. Like those are guys, those are the guys that leave right after the bowl games, right? Right. And Ovi was the most successful among them, right? There was no yeah. o- time, right? Yeah. Ovi, I wish would have stayed for sure. Especially now that we need an edge. Sure. <laughs> right. So, I mean, right. so it's, yeah, it's mostly guys that and I, I hate saying this because I don't want to dismiss them. Um, and or diminish them in any way because I just I feel like that's kind of wrong. They're they're going to go better their playing time for sure, uh, but it's it's just not it's not a big hitter. There, and there's a difference of doing that. And I, once again, I used the word quit today uh, on the site, and people are losing their fucking minds over this. So I'm going to talk about this for a second, if you guys don't mind. Drew Pine fucking quit. He quit. Say whatever you want about him tr- transferring a better situation. Oh, he fucking quit. And you can say, well, what about what about Isaiah Foskey and Michael Mayer? No, it's not like it's not like the not door quit. would have closed Arizona State if he had waited right. until December thirty first. Well, and, and that's besides the point. Like Michael Mayer and Isaiah Foskey are elevating themselves to the next level. That is fine. You know the the uh, Osita Equinu is not was not your starter at defensive end either. This is your starting quarterback right. cho- choosing to quit and not play the last game because he's butthurt over the fact that he's going to have to play for a starting job in the spring. So he picked up his ball and went home. He quit and then decided to transfer. And, That's and I think it's important it, to, it's important to note as well. And he's transferring um, to promised starting job too. Right. Well, I, th- right. I think it's but important it's to know in- it's not the same as like Equinu and it's not the same as as mayor. And hey, by the way, Sam Hartman, who everybody knew was going to probably jump in the portal. He played his last fucking game. He sure did. Um, he didn't quit I, on his team. 
I would I would like to point out for for uh, Foskey and for Mayer, um, they continue like they opted out of the bowl game, but they will for the rest of their NFL career continue to hopefully contribute to Notre Dame in that they are Notre Dame legacies. And that yes. when when you talk about Notre Dame and you say Notre Dame is tight end you, Michael Mayer's name is there. As Just like Jerome Bettis was for 30 30 some odd years after he yeah. left. Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, exactly. And, and Isaiah Foskey, if he finds NFL success, that's something that Notre Dame can then market. Drew Pine leaving and going to Arizona state. He's now persona non grata. You don't claim guys who transfer away from you unless you're Ohio state. When, when, when they talk about Ben Skoranek, they don't say Ben Skoranek Northwestern wide receiver. They say Ben Skoranek Notre Dame wide receiver. And they will continue to say Ben Skoranek, Notre Dame wide receiver, and every catch that he makes and the impact that he has with the Rams all reflects back on Notre Dame. So, I wonder that about Sam Hartman. Like, say Sam Hartman comes and says he's a third round draft pick, and he has a like, what? What's he say when well, on his Monday Night Football? Like, me, he's, he's going to say Notre Dame if he finds if he has no, success at Notre Dame. What does Jack Cohn say is from? Wilson, NC State, or Russell Wilson's Wisconsin? That's Brennan's absolutely right. You're only yeah, giving credit. Let's ride. Last school you were. Yeah, let's ride. Uh, yeah, let's you, ride. You, it's it's your last stop. Let's it's ride. where you end your career. That's that's where that's where it, it matters and counts. It's not like the NFL. I, I don't know. Where, man. It's I feel you're the most productive situation. But he set a fucking conference record at Wake Forest. He had a Harbin had a really good career. At Wake Forest, Russell Loved Wilson Wake had Forest a great career. And, and left, Wilson left had a great very, career at, at NC State, but did not leave in a, in such a classy. I mean, he. I mean, Hartman really did it right uh, in, in how he left. Um, and people are like, even Wake Forest fans are like, "All right, good for you, thank you." Uh, and we want. I cannot see any. You know, you cannot see this at a at a whole lot of other schools. Um, but yeah, I just I was curious. I. I could see him going either way. I probably, well, here's, here's, I think I think here's your Russell school. Wilson. Russell Wilson is the ultimate, is the ultimate litmus test for it because at NC state, he threw 70, he went 17 and one touchdown interception, 31 and 11, 28 and 24. That is not a paltry sum of touchdowns oh. that he threw. And then he went 33 and four at Wisconsin. But I mean, he had back-to-back seasons of over 25 touchdowns at NC state. I mean, he threw for 3000 yards twice at NC state. He threw for 3,027 and 3563 at NC state. Like he had a prolific career at NC state before he went to Wisconsin. So and Look, I also think I think 76 if, touchdowns. If, if, the guy, if the guy graduates from your school, then you certainly can put it in the alumni magazine if you feel so inclined. But yeah, like so most people on, on, on ESPN will will continue to refer to you as at the last school, like Brennan says. I think that's just basically it. Yeah, I mean, nobody uh, nobody's calling nobody's calling uh, Joe Burrow Ohio except Ohio State fans. Joe Burrow, Ohio State quarterback, and and it's a little bit different because he was a backup. Well, I mean, I mean, he, but, he was there for when Notre Dame played Ohio State. Uh, uh, he was in Columbus. I'm like, man, he, even Joe Burrow hates Brian Kelly so much. He transferred back to Ohio state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, LeBron James was there too. Right. I mean, it's just like, right. there are hangers on. Well, he, got, he got recruited to be a tight end there. Yeah. I'm just saying there's hangers on in the program that will always just be there. Right. 
Where, oh, where's yeah. Allen Iverson on the sideline for Notre Dame games? So wait, is my so where, question. So, so where's Taylor yeah, Swift? What about Randy Moss? Where's Vince Vaughn? Where the hell are these guys been lately? I, you know, I don't know. Where is Vince Vaughn these days? Yeah, like, Vince, he's in a commercial with the Mannings. By the way, like, that is like the used to absolute see him, Andy. I don't see him in there anymore. Do you, do you know that, that game that we were playing a couple years ago on Twitter where it was like, take a movie and substitute all the characters for Muppets except for one character. You leave one character in. I think Rudy would oh. be hilarious with all Muppets, but you keep Vince Vaughn. Because then Vince Vaughn <laughs> chucks a football Muppet. <laughs> Vince Vaughn is picking fights with Muppets. I just think it would be hilarious to just keep Vince Vaughn in the in Rudy and make him I mean, a good, act, a good director can redo could redo Rudy and make it revolve around that character. I mean, oh, yeah, he certainly could. Yeah. I mean, look the for it in the theaters in about 20 years. And then <laughs> and the Jamie O'Hara story. And then, then you watch Rudy Rudiger try to like get a lawyer and sue. You watch, you watch. <laughs> uh, I just think well, every movie better. Uh, long as I, but every movie that has the Muppets though, they have to, Contractually, they must be obligated to include the old men uh, up in the balcony. Yeah, they need to have. They even put that in the new Muppet Babies. They they brought the uh, the two old men to uh, you, to the Muppet new Muppet Baby Show. And they're the best part. Yeah, they're the, they are the best part. They are fucking ruthless, and you got you got to have that. You got to have it. Uh, I could, you know what? I wouldn't mind having those guys up in Notre Dame Stadium. Just like they should be up in they should be up in the booth in the press box. Yeah, I, I mean, there are some movies you don't want a Muppet. Like, I don't want to see the Muppets version of Schindler's List. I don't want to see or the Muppets version Eyes of Eyes Wide Shut. I mean, I kind of saw that. I think a Muppets version of Eyes Wide Shut would be all right. But, I mean, yeah, it would Muppets, be uh, Vanilla Sky would be kind of fun. So. Muppets version of Requiem for a Dream. That'd be great. Then basically, oh, no. Meet the Feebles. It'd be Meet the Feebles, right? Have you seen Ooh. Meet the Feebles? Fozzie Fo- Bear all strung out. Miss Piggy with the double-ended. Uh, never mind. Oh. Wait, have probably you guys seen? Either, have either of you seen? Spotted either. Have either of you seen Meet the Feebles? It's I, Peter I, Jackson. I missed miss Meet the Feebles. Peter Jackson made a, a Muppets movie. It was basically the Muppets. Uh, Peter Jackson made it, and it was like, what if, like, it was like a, a gritty. Um, uh, version of the Muppets and they had like, they did the whole variety show and everything, but it was like, what if it was in real life? And there was a Muppet who was like a nom vet who was on heroin and uh, was going through like withdrawal and just like everything. It was like gory and full of, uh, it's like Peter Jackson, man. Yeah. I didn't see that one. Did not see yeah, that. Meet the feeble is worth a watch. Okay. I think Muppets would have been great. Like in, in any, uh, Guy Ritchie movie. Like, that would have been great lock stock. Oh well, and you don't have to change some of the text because the they're always calling people sodding Muppets and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Love oh, it. Oh, for sure. Well, we talked a little bit about, about Sam Hartman, and then we screwed, We just, like, we dropped the hammer for the segue. So let's just get right on into it. Uh, Notre Dame, it, this is we, – we said it in our DMs to each other. Like, this is the important – this is the important tweet. Pete Thamel, who is not going to go out there and swing and miss, uh, talking about Sam Hartman. He's in the portal. Notre Dame is number one. Now, Thamel is not a, a swing and miss kind of a guy, but I think it, we have to at least acknowledge the fact that in this day and age, uh, recruiting and transfer portal, 
just because you are the number one team uh, that's being looked at does not necessarily mean that that's where the person is going to end up at uh, with other factors floating around for sure. But having said that, I still think Notre Dame is the number one spot and we are within days of, of probably hearing uh, Sam Hartman or seeing a Sam Hartman tweet uh, that he's committed to Notre Dame, I believe, um, which is just a huge, like fucking enormous skit. I do not understand people that are downplaying Sam Hartman. Like it does not. I saw somebody refer to him as Drew Pine with a with a worse beard. Actually, he's a, he's a sexier his, Drew Pine. His beard is phenomenal. He looks like Giga Chad. Dude, I mean, he's got his swag, awesome. man. Yeah. yeah, he's got. Yeah, this this is uh, he lines up well with a Brady Quinn. Like he he would he would line up well with him. I don't, he doesn't have the height, uh, but that beard brings out the the uh, the 2022 uh, uh, swag in him. So, I mean, people were referring to him as just a, as Wake Forest's Ian Book, um, which I don't know. Ian Book took us to do playoff. Uh, I, I would I don't I don't look at Ian Book as as a, as a bad thing as some people do. I just don't. Uh, but uh, I I think he's better than that. Um, in the than Ian Book in the sense that within the offense that we believe can be and should be run in South Bend. Sam Hartman fits that pretty well. Um, but we just, we just, we haven't had a chance to see anything like it. Right. Like Tyler Buckner was a, was a, was a different thing. They try to start him. Drew Pine just dude couldn't throw a fucking uh, to an open wide receiver downfield to save his life. When he can't see over the line of scrimmage either. Cause he's five foot nine, five foot absolutely, 10 and Sam Hartman. Absolutely. Six, ruined, I mean, what are we doing here? Absolutely ruined Braden Lindsay's uh, final year. Uh, absolutely fucking ruined it. Uh, and I don't know how many times we've seen him just completely wide open downfield. Um, but I mean, Sam Hartman's a guy uh, who, what, tw- what was the stat? 22, 23% of his passes were 20 yards or more, which is pretty good. Pretty good. And he still has the best air yards. He threw a pick, yards? but he still has the best QB uh, rating per PFF of any quarterback through the bowl season thus far. Yeah, he's not for nothing against. No, and, this, and might I add, Missouri's pass defense is one of the best in the country in in the SEC. I mean, it was a legitimate pass defense that he was playing. Um, and he looked damn good in the game, despite well, their one of the things, curious play calling. One of the things I've been seeing is people like bemoaning the fact that Hudson guard Hudson card went to Purdue and they'd rather have card than Hartman. And in what fucking world has, has Hudson card thrown for over 12,000 yards? No, Hudson like, card. I, I understand he's from Texas. Like, I think people are just, they're equating these transfers as if they're coming from a big school and they were a highly rated recruit, therefore they're better than the three star coming from the small school that actually did something. And it makes no fucking sense at all, except for in a, in the smallest of, of, uh, of biodomes of people that just are still clinging on to recruiting rankings and blue blood programs like that, that says it all. That should say everything it is about a prospect. And that just, is not and has never been the absolute truth. Like it just isn't. Uh, so people that are like, oh, I re- we'd rather have card. What world are you living in, man? This guy threw for 
an ACC record amount of touchdowns. And the ACC over the last fucking 30 years has had some pretty goddamn good quarterbacks. Yeah. He's thrown for over 12,000 yards. And he's done it with wide receivers who I don't know if any of them held a Notre Dame offer. So I, I, I don't, I do not get that. This is the big pickup. Sam Hartman is the big name and Notre Dame can finish this off is much better than any quarterback, any other quarterback they were looking at uh, for all these transfers. I mean, he really is. He is. I mean, I think when it's all said and done, you look at it, his transfer ranking is either going to be one or two, right? Uh, he should be one. I, he, he's in the portal now, so he might, they might have that up there. I'm not sure how quickly they, they move about that or like that, but I mean, he's, he's a top dog. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's the biggest. He's the biggest get in the trade, unless unless there's something that changes. Um, he's the biggest get in the transfer portal, unquestionably. And if you want to question it, I I would I would love to hear who is a bigger get than Sam Hartman. I, I mean, maybe if maybe if when Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, goes to USC, that that could be a bigger one. So so I need to make a quick quick. Uh correction here because I, I was just thinking of, of the three during that week. Notre Dame has had what seven out of the portal, Jacob Lacey, Joe Wilkins, Drew Pine, Jaden Bellaby, Caleb Smith, Osita Equinu, Kane Baron. And actually that doesn't include Kevin Bauman here. Uh, they don't have that updated for some reason. Wait, did Kevin Bauman, did it, Caleb Bauman isn't transferred out, is he? It's Kane Baron. Kane Baron. So I already, yeah. all right. All right. Well, I'm glad I corrected that now uh, before I get people. That's the only thing they comment on. It's not, it's not bombing. Okay. Came around. My bad. Just was not thinking straight there. Uh, but yeah, that's quite a few guys. Okay. So anyways, I mean, I'm pretty excited about Sam Hart, about the possibility of Sam Hartman. And I don't care what it says about the future of Tyler Buckner. I don't care what it says about the future of, uh, of Steve Angeli because of, as I've told Jude before, and I got Jude wrapped around to this th- thought, you get as many wins as you can in every year that you play. You do not worry about the next year on the field. You just you put the best possible team that you can put together and go out and get as many wins as you possibly can. Right? I mean, ultimately, you need to be playing for now with an eye towards the future because – but not the other way around. You don't play for the future. This is why you try and win games now and you don't, you know, sacrifice the season that you're having for, for guys who may or may not pan out. I mean, who knows? Right. right? I mean, you want to get the best possible quarterback that you can get to win a football game against Ohio state. That's the most important thing. You need to win a football game against Ohio state and that is first and foremost, and who gives you the absolute best chance of doing so. And I would say the guy who played on Wake Forest with a trash offensive line and trash pieces around him did nothing but but flourish. Uh, I think that that's pretty good. And let's right? be clear here. Yeah, and let's be clear here. Speaking of Tyler Buckner, because that is a concern of some people. He's got a red. This was a redshirt year for him. Even playing in the bowl game, he's still eligible for a redshirt. So he, after 2023, he will still have two years of eligibility. So that'll be up to him. Like if Sam Hartman comes to Notre Dame, he always only going to be here for one year. 
then after right. that, there's two years that he can. So he could either say, nope, I need to go somewhere else. Uh, he could do a Jerkovic and leave for no reason, right? Like if Phil would have stayed, Phil was in line, but he got upset about Ian Book uh, starting over him because Ian Book was better and bolted. And if he just would have stayed, would have, would have been your starter in 21 and 22. Exactly. So and now I he's think, going to a new team, right? And maybe, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I, he got Narduzied, uh, which is just fantastic. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about the, the possibility of Sam Hartman. I think we'll talk a lot more about him uh, if it act, when and if it actually happens. But I do want to say, what's up with tampering, y'all? What is tampering? <laughs> Uh, well, if you ask, uh, I mean, this was a free country, right? <laughs> well, this is a free country. It is. It is funny because you um, I, I just I, I, I searched it today because um, I, I started seeing a lot of it popped up. And I just I just looked up tampering and I just uh, searched for it on Twitter and almost all of the Twitter results from the search on the word tampering were from um, USC and Michigan fans talking about Sam Hartman. Oh. Ohio State fans have lost their mind too. Ohio State State fans too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which it's like, if you're USC, it's like, Hey pot, um, let me introduce you to kettle. Um, cause I mean, what, what do you call your entire operation then? And the biggest kicker of all is it's not tampering. If the other person initiates contact, if Jordan Addison initiated contact with USC, it's not tampering. If Sam Hartman initiated contact with Notre Dame, it is not tampering. That is that is not them. If they reach out first, it is fair game. They're the ones contacting them. Um, now, that may not be something that fans want to hear, but that's what happens. And even if, like, like say, say like, uh, uh, say Clawson is talking about tampering and, he, and he's alluding to Notre Dame. Well, maybe Sam Hartman didn't really want to tell you two weeks ago that he was calling up Notre Dame. You know what I mean? Like that's an awkward conversation to have then, you know, it's, and he's not even the one calling it's his dad or his high school football coach or somebody associated with him who's making that call. And and that's not saying that's what happened. Just saying the the possibilities of what could have happened. What we're saying. Gotta be careful how we say it. There's, there's just a dozen ways to get around this. It's not like as Greg said in our DMs today, who who's going to be investigating this, right? You can make a complaint, but it, the, what is the complaint based on? I just have to see more out, outrage actionable, nationwide, actionable, right? And right now, I would say they probably got nothing. Right. I said I've seen more, more outrage nationwide over a transfer portal move. And by the way, I'm this. sure that. At Notre Dame is cre- is keeping dossiers on all the other other schools that are fucking with their players too, right? So w- when you fire that gun, be prepared to make sure that that isn't a boomerang effect, right? Yeah, I got files, and I'm sure Ohio State had no communications with Justin Fields before he transferred from Georgia, right? None, 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 none. Uh, uh, you know, and and I'm sure that you know. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Jordan Addison. I mean, that's about as clear cut as it can get. And it, it it was even so ridiculous that Jordan Addison had to do like take pretend trips to to uh, Texas or whatever. But I mean, that was a done deal. 
uh, the minute Lincoln Riley went to uh, to L.A. Yeah. So I just it's all for, all for 49 like catches. It. I don't like it. Um, but this is the way that college football is operating at. And I'm glad that if Notre Dame is doing this and did that, I'm happy for it because it shows that Notre Dame wants it. And and this is sort of our issue with sort of the NIL era. I mean, they lost out on the kid from um, Western Michigan to to Florida State, and it was probably you know NIL related, um, you know. But if if this is an avenue that that Notre Dame is willing to do this sort of thing, this is the kind of things that you need to do in order to win in college football in 2022. And if Notre Dame did. It just shows that they're willing to play ball in the the arena that they I didn't think that they had in them, and they had shown no capacity to, um, you know, no stomach for it before. And this isn't right. like buying a recruit or anything like that. This is a mutual agreement between two parties, and it's it's not necessarily like you're you're luring a kid away from from money as much as you're, you're luring a kid with opportunities in the case of Hartman, like Hartman could have gone anywhere, but the opportunity at Notre Dame was one where he was going to get high visibility. He was going to have a phenomenal offensive line that he had never experienced. And he was going to have a running game that was going to allow him to not have to uh, do too much, which is something he's never had. He's never had anything like he's going to have at Notre Dame. This is going it's the to right be, offensive fit for him to showcase what he can do. Yeah. And by the way, uh, even though Notre Dame lost, lost out on Braden Fiske, uh, the word is that they are, they're really in it for another Wake Forest uh, player, defensive lineman, Rondell Bothroyd, uh, also in the portal. Uh, All he did over the last two years is uh, 93 tackles, 14 sacks. Sign me up for that. That's a power five five defensive lineman, 93 tackles, 14 sacks. That is a, that is a quality addition. That is a, that, that 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 is not a Kane Madden. That is a quality. Uh, and by the way, the guy had a C on his chest too. All right. Yeah, that's two so, C's you're pulling in. And and frankly, I mean, I, I don't know. Two C's from the, from the main C, Clausen. I'm not I'm not checking the the tape on it. But if if you if you were to tell me that um you know somebody is garnering sacks against uh, central Michigan and Eastern Michigan, or um, somebody's picking up, you know, half sacks against Clemson and somebody's, uh, you know, playing against real legitimate power five um, week in and week out. Yep. Offensive lines week in and week out. Um, yeah. Yep. Give me that. I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, he's, so that, that, he's hurt. He's hurt Phil Jerkovic before. Um, and I'd like yeah. to see it again. Definitely keep it. So definitely keep an eye on that. That would be a, that would be an interesting grab uh, for Notre Dame if they were able to, to, to get in that and to, and to pull him, uh, get a couple of uh, demon demon deacons up to uh, up to the demon. Uh, and academically, the, the other thing too, with, with Wake Forest is academically it's a fit, which I think is an under, which is an undersold part to, well, I think they're Notre Dame's always looking transfers. for, Right, 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 right. But it Wake Forest is not academic fit because they will, they will, they understand. And Notre Dame, from an admission standpoint, isn't going to 
have the same problems that they're going to have pulling from other right. places. Um, which right. is it's, why it's, seemingly it's, like it's an easier pro- it's an easier process for the grad transfers, but you still have to have something that the kid wants to pursue, right? And so right, right. You, know, right. Right. you know me, I really pounded the table for I pounded the table for Grayson McCall, and you know he's been at it. Uh, Coastal Carolina for four years, and I just assumed that he had already graduated going into this. But like, Grayson McCall's not graduated yet, and whoever takes Grayson McCall either has to have his major, or they have to wait for Grayson McCall to graduate before he can come to play for them anyway. So, no, uh, no. not anymore. There's no well, rule. Right, 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 right. But, but, the, but, but I mean, then he's throwing away whatever his major is, and he oh, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. studies it. Right. So well, look, since he's not, he not graduated, care. right? Well, I mean, he might not care, <laughs> but you're still not just gonna like burn four years of it. Like he just, I, I guess he was taking like twelve, twelve credits semesters at, at Coastal, which probably was. But like that, that's a thing, and that's not a fit for Notre Dame. Um, and maybe he knew that when he when he tweeted out and said, you know, uh, I'm not going to their name. Like, well, you, you're not an academic fit. And that that's a big component of it for Notre Dame. I, as I'm I didn't come sure here to play school. Right. Well, with Notre Dame, you got you got to play. You got to play school. Well, the grad the grad year can be a little different. Drew Tranquil and others will uh, can speak to can right. speak to that. Yeah. Uh, not to diminish it at all, but there's a there is a different life uh, for a Notre Dame grad student than a Notre Dame undergrad student, most definitely. All right. Well, like I said, we are we are all just waiting uh, at any moment. Um, again, I am absolutely uh, encouraged by the fact that it's Pete Thamel. I appreciate all the rest of the Notre Dame beat kind of uh, tampering expectations a little bit with the other team, like Pete Sampson uh, made sure he threw that in his tweet. Um, but that's, which is smart on his part, because we've just seen uh, Notre Dame just get pummeled uh, in the expectations department uh, over the last few months as it is. So it's, it's a smart move to, to make, but I, I don't know. I kind of expect it. We're to all in agreement that, that this is an absolute coup, right? Oh Yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah. I, dude, dude, how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. Like, this is yeah, fucking I'm, I'm huge. Just, this this yeah. puts Notre Dame in, in legit uh, playoff contention for next year. I heard like, – in, uh, in, my, in my mind. It's funny you said that because um, it was – I think I think it was halftime of the, uh, the Georgia Southern game today. Uh, you know, Greg McElroy's in the, the studio breaking down, uh, you know, that, the halftime stuff. And Greg McElroy is like, you put Sam Howell with Notre Dame's running game and offensive line, and they're a playoff contender next year. And then he's absolutely right. You put Sam Howell behind Notre Dame's offensive line and with the running game that they're going to bring back. And Fat Ian Book? You talk about Fat Ian Book? <laughs> or Sam Hartman? Uh, yeah, Sam Hartman. It is – Hartman. <laughs> yeah, you, you are immediately in the playoff conversation. And you can't, you you can't, you can't not be. You're you're bringing in the jewel of the um, quarterback class of the the transfer portal where it stands now. So yeah, th- yeah this is just, this is. I can't understand anybody that's not excited that would not be excited about this. Like, well, there is there is no negative 
I, I will just I will you know what I'll just say it. Um, the the no, negative no, came the negative came from Brian Driscoll and Brian Driscoll um, is not a fan of this move. So ooh, there are ooh, yeah, there are disciples of Brian Driscoll that ooh. that do not like this move because he doesn't like the move. I don't know why. Ooh. I haven't seen the clips. I've just heard that he's not a fan of this move. So um, yeah, I hate you know, guys, I hate guys that set conference uh, records certain, for touchdown passes. In, in I hate him. Mariah Carey, I don't know him. I don't know him. I but if you him. wanted to know where that, that sentiment is coming from, that is the sole right. and exclusive source and of where that sentiment is. Has this guy been wrong about uh, which quarterbacks were going to be great at Notre Dame and which were not going to be great? Every single time. Yeah, exactly. So Every ooh. single time. Yeah. I mean, Ian Book was yeah. The guy lived for trashing Ian Book, did he not? Yeah, that was his. That was his jam. Phil, Phil Jerkovic was his dude, right? He sure was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Great. Uh, Case closed. Uh, not the best quarterback of his class. No. No. Not at all. Oh, all right. So that's our transfer portal news. That's it. It's 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 a whole new world in college football. Like this is like a, it's a free agency slash draft slash recruiting mix inside the portal to go along with your recruiting. It's insane. And I have uh, many stories written down in a notebook that I need to uh, get to over the off season. Kind of. It, it, what at, point look, do you write the, at what point does the story come out where the Ivy league is a, um, feeder conference for Notre Dame special teams. I already said it in the last commitment. It has to be, I mean, <laughs> it has to be right. It has to be. I mean, this is, it, there's just as life is not full of coincidences. This there is, there are real things that happen. And when you're going to Harvard and you're going to Penn and you're pulling out, uh, pulling out punters, I mean, let, let's, let's fucking go. Let's let's every year. We should have an Ivy league punter. That should be the goal. Like whoever gets like, Makes the all Ivy punter list. Just, just, just get him. Prepare for a life in South Bend, son. Well, there's not that much different. No, 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 no. Probably a uh, little, little harsher weather in some cases. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the lady factor is like uh, at multiple Ivies. Imagine it's uh, eclectic, to say the least. Not great. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Eclectic. Just, it's an easy way yeah. to get around. All right. Well, I mean, all this stuff's going on and Hey, Notre Dame's got a friggin' bowl game to play. And by the time you listen to this, we are just a few days away uh, from that bowl game, uh, which is, I just, just have not, we've not talked enough about it. I've not written enough about it. It becomes at a, it's a strange game, strange opponent, strange circumstances, all wrapped around the holidays and recruiting and transfer portal. It's almost like it is like the fifth biggest story, um, which is just kind of insane. Um, but just the the brutal truth of it all. Um, and look, I don't like – I know people call them – I think I've even called it an exhibition game before. But it's not really true. It fucking counts on your record. Like this – call it a glorified spring game? No, this is a this is a game that counts on your record. Stats count. The game counts. Um, it's just a it's just a stranger version. Like if it was a video game, it would be like some kind of it'd be a different kind of mode, like chaos mode. 
um, which is kind of what happens with these coaches, especially South Carolina, uh, whose roster is in chaos mode. Um, Brendan, why don't you give us a rundown of what, uh, what Notre Dame's got on their hands with the Cox down in the Gator Bowl. So, so boys, uh, yeah, Cox and hands. The, the ranked South Carolina game Cox, right? Ranked higher than um, Notre Dame. So they're, they're, they're an eight win football team. They're eight and four. Uh, both, both squads are coming into this game. Um, ranked, uh, well, at least with similar uh, records. And when you look at South Carolina, um, the thing that you can say about them is, uh, if you take away, which you can't take away games, but if you take away the last two games they played of the season, boys, this team is absolute hot, steaming garbage. They have one of the worst rushing offenses in the entire country. Uh, how bad is, and you know, Stanford also had one of the worst rushing offenses. Um, so, I, you know, I don't want to bemoan it too much, but they have the hundredth ranked rushing offense in, in college football um, in the, uh, from October until uh, they played Tennessee on that second to last game. So from uh, October 8th to uh, November 19th, Spencer Rattler failed to eclipse 200 yards in any football games. Uh, how many football games is that? That is one, two, three, four, five straight games failing to get to 200 yards. Not great, Bob. Not great. He was 10 touchdowns, 11 interceptions before the final two games of the season. Spencer Rattler was. That's not, you can't run the football and your quarterback has more interceptions than touchdowns going into that final two game stretch against top 10 opponents. Um, I, I do need to mention that those final two opponents, he threw eight touchdowns to two interceptions for 798 yards. Um, granted Tennessee is not exactly a world beater, um, uh, in defense. I think they're like the, the, what is it? The hundred and 110th ranked rush, uh, pass defense in the country. So it, it's not like Tennessee was, was a great rush D and that's where he put up a lot of those numbers. He had 438 yards passing six touchdowns, 81% completion. Uh, he had 48% completion against Texas A&M for 168. And then he goes up against uh, Tennessee and throws for 438. How the week before he played Tennessee against Florida, a game they lost 38 to six against Florida. Uh, he was 18 for 26 for 145 yards. I mean, Spencer Rattler was not good. He was not a good quarterback until those final two games and even the Clemson game. So you want to talk about the momentum heading into the end of the season, right? Even in the Clemson game, he went two for two uh, touchdowns and interceptions. He threw two brutal picks against Clemson. So it's not like Spencer Rattler is all the way fixed coming into this game. But I'm burying the lead uh, talking about Spencer Rattler and the rush defense. The, the lead with – with uh, South Carolina in this particular instance, and what makes watching these games and sort of looking at what South Carolina is so difficult is that, yes, Notre Dame is out Drew Pine, Isaiah Foskey, and Michael Mayer. That, that is absolutely true. 
Well, South Carolina is out a first round draft pick in their cornerback Cam Smith, their best defensive lineman in Zach Pickens, uh, who's opted out. Um, they're also out another defensive end or a defense or another defensive lineman in uh, Gilbert Edmond, who jumped into the portal. Their other starting cornerback, so both starting cornerbacks in Darius Rush has opted out. They're starting running back, and I don't know if this is worth anything because their rush offense is hot garbage. Um, Marshawn Lloyd has uh, headed to the transfer portal, and then their top two tight ends, including Jaheim Bell, um, who's a do everything player sort of, you know, uh, he's, he's just, he'll run the football, catch passes. He does everything for them. He's gone. He's going to the transfer portal. Their right tackles out. He's going to the trans. He's uh, going to the NFL. He's opted out of the game. They're also out uh, They're not their top wide receiver, but the, the two wide receivers after him. Uh, so their second and third wide receivers, um, they're both out, uh, including uh, their second one, Jalen Brooks, who is uh, out for the game. Um, Malik Vaughn is traveling with the team, but it doesn't look like he's playing. So they're out uh, two of their top three wide receivers. Um, they have one tight end on the entire roster. Uh, their leading running backs gone. Their right tackle is gone. And their defense is down uh, two of their starters on their defensive line and both starting corners. That is a disaster. Right? I Yes. Yes, it is. See, that's problematic. Yes. Yeah. So w- when, when, you, when you're looking at this team, I don't know what Clemson's going to be or Clemson, uh, South Carolina is going to be. I mean, their, their, their defense is the best players on their defense are gone. The best players, plural Notre Dame's best player on defense is gone, but best players, plural for South Carolina is gone. Um, and this is a South Carolina team that, that what they do well is defend against the pass, right? Well, their two best corners are gone. Well, that's not great. What do they do bad on defense? What they do bad on defense is that uh, they can't stop teams from running. They're giving up more than five yards per carry to power five teams running the football. What does Notre Dame want to do on Friday? What is, what is Notre Dame going to want to do on Friday? They're going to want to run, run the, the football. And they're giving up more than five yards per carry, and that's out without their best defensive lineman, the D tackle Pickens on the roster. So they can, the thing that they do best is, is, is defend against the pass and their corners are gone. And the thing they do about the, they do the worst. The guy who's in charge of, of anchoring the middle is gone. So the thing they do best is, is depleted. And the thing they do worst is even more depleted. So when I look at them defensively, it's, 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 it's going to be a clown show. And I understand that, that Jupine's gone, but Tyler Buckner's hopefully going to run a lot and it's going to open up the run game. Cause that's what it should theoretically do. And then offensively, it, it, it's, it's basically going to be how good is spent is Spencer Rattler, Tennessee, Spencer Rattler. And, and I told you about Tennessee's past defense. Or is he the Spencer Rattler that played every other football game the entire season? And if you look at Spencer Rattler outside of the outside the Tennessee game, you're talking about a quarterback who's 12 touchdowns, 13 interceptions the rest of the way. 
And he's, oh, by the way, he's down all of his tight ends, but one Shane Beamer was in the press conference and said, we will not be running two tight end sets because we have one tight end on the roster and his second and third wide receivers are out of the football game. So, um, you know, juice Wells is going to have to, it, it's basically Spencer Rattler and juice Wells. And if, if Tennessee or if, um, South Carolina runs, 60 plays in this football game, which they might, because that's about what they average. They're going to throw it 45 times. So I I, I don't know. I mean, losing Isaiah Foskey hurts because you want to get to Spencer Rattler um, because when he's under pressure, he, he folds like a tent, but I, I feel really good about Notre Dame's ability to, to shut them down offensively. If they just focus in on the pass, and offensively, I mean, Notre Dame's just going to want to run it because South Carolina can't stop the run. So w- when I look at this football team, if style makes fights, this is a horrible matchup for South Carolina having Notre Dame in this spot. And Drew Pine not being in the football game, um, you know, his experience, losing his experience certainly hurts. And the way that he ended the season out against USC uh, was phenomenal. But the tools that Tyler Buckner has um, lend well to this football game and being down your your two starting corners, including a first round NFL draft pick um, with with Cam Smith and and being the the best part of their defense. um, I I feel the lines at two and a half. And I think a lot of that is is people looking at Drew Pine transferring and saying, well, I don't, this is easy money. Let's take South Carolina. And they don't, they're ignoring the fact of what South Carolina has lost in this football game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So there's an opportunity to make some money here, which is great. I, I, I think that um, if, if you see the line at two and a half. Um, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> make some money. Look, I mean, it's a huge variable, right? We haven't seen Buckner play since week two. We don't know what he looks like post-injury. Um, right. Having said that, I do think that the, 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 the Vegas is um, underestimating the loss of eight starters or seven starters on the on the South Carolina side. And maybe I'm overestimating it, but um, I think that there's still enough bones here that we can be um, – we can be pretty uh, we can be pretty confident in our team's ability to succeed in spite of losing um, their starting quarterback, 
their replacement starting quarterback, their Mackey Award winning, oh, fuck, their <laughs> tight end census All American um, tight end, uh, you know, their their best pass rusher, right? There's guys who can step up and it will it won't be the same but you know what i also am not going to sit here and discount the the possibility that buckner has a good game right i, I just don't i'm, I'm not going to automatically assume that because he looks shaky uh against marshall that he's going to uh look shaky against south carolina i just i i listened to your analysis and i agree with you i think south carolina was remarkably overrated until they just turned they're the team that got hot at the right moment but now you know We've had a month to prepare, so it feels like the guys could at Notre Dame could figure this out. And, and one thing I'd say too is, um, and, and we saw this with the uh, the Florida Bowl game. Um, how much does each team want to be there? Um, I think that the fact that guys like um, Jared Patterson and Brandon Joseph are not opting out of this football game, I think means they want to be there. I think they want to be there. And I, I think a lot of Notre Dame's roster wants to be there. And this season didn't go how a lot of guys was hoping that it would go. And they certainly could have quit on the season, especially after the Stanford game. And they just didn't. And, you know, the USC game didn't go how we all had hoped. Um, but I don't think that that was a thing where Notre Dame quit. I think that they just they they hit a quarterback having a transcendent game, and the officials uh, agreeing with them that this quarterback should have a transcendent game. Uh, Thank you, thank you. But you know, I I I just think that this is an instance where, um, I think Notre Dame players want to be there and end this season on a high note, and I think that a lot of that has to do with Marcus Freeman. And the players wanting to play for Marcus Freeman. And I think that that's a, a sizable, um, a sizable piece of this football game, you know, beyond the fact that Notre Dame should have no problems running the football and beyond the fact that, you know, it's basically Spencer Rattler looking towards one person in Wells. And if it's not Wells, like they're going to run the ball 15 times. And then the rest of it's going to be Rattler just trying to find Wells. And, it, I, you know, that Benny Moe versus Wells matchup or. Uh, and it know, gets Bracey back, which was a huge loss against SC. Against SC, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think this is a team. It, it's, it's, I think Notre Dame wants to be here. Maybe not wants to be here, but Notre Dame wants to win the football game, is I think what it boils down to. Um, I think this is easy money and we'll get to it in the picks, but I feel really good about Notre Dame in this spot in, in what Notre Dame does, what South Carolina doesn't do is, is, is as much a storyline as anything. Yeah. I'll agree to that. I'll agree to that. I, the way, so the way that Marcus Freeman ascended into his role and the way the team backed him. I think I think you kind of hit it there a little bit. I think there's a there's a part of some of, a lot of these players that just they want to finish out that first season. It did not go as as well as planned, uh, definitely. But again, pointing back to they they never there was never any quit in it. Things didn't go their way uh, between injuries, guys not panning out, 
Um, just like things did not go their way. A game where the, the refs absolutely did not want to call holding. There's just, they had a whole bunch of strikes against them. Uh, yeah, they were still out there given everything they had. Um, and I think that the, the transfer portal, the lack of star power in there, uh, I don't know if that says anything or not, but at least, at least we're not losing like half of our starters, um, you know, to the portal. That's, that's a big one. Like these guys are there to play. Um, I'm excited. I mean, if they, if they come out of the green jerseys, it'll, it's all, it's over and done with. At least we didn't uh, plow our entire cornfield to build a goddamn baseball field. Is that what you're saying? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> want to take it outside? You Nazi cow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why that struck me. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So South Carolina's trash. Yeah, they're that's trash. Good. That's, that's good to know. Yeah. That's good to know. Hmm. Like they like, I the Tennessee game is just a. It's an albatross. Oh my God! Is it ever? It, and it was just, it was, a, it was an absolute implosion of Tennessee. Uh, like it, it's, it's, it really is hard to look at that game and gain much from it. And the and the most that I got from that game wasn't that South Carolina was so good. It was just like, wow, I was really wrong about Tennessee as a team. Like I think, you know, Hendon Hooker, Hyatt, phenomenal players. The offensive scheme is 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 really nice. I like that a lot. But wow, like there there was some <laughs> massive issues there that just that they were able to mask. And it's uh, kind of so funny. Long. Cause, cause you always, you always say about Deion Sanders, you're like, where's he going to find an offensive line for Colorado? And it's like for Tennessee is their ascendance came like, where are they going to find a secondary? Um, right. Because Florida put 453 yards passing on them, Florida, right? Anthony Richardson put 453 Alabama. Hey, he was put, a week. He was a week one Heisman. Well, he, yes, he was, um, you know, in the win against Alabama, Alabama put 455, right? Georgia didn't care enough. Um, you know, the weather was kind of shady. Uh, it was, it was two fifty. This was not an, this, this is not an Alabama team to do that either. No, no. Their wide receivers were not great this year. I mean, everybody threw all over them except for Kentucky and Kentucky had a backup playing in the football game. It wasn't even first round NFL draft pick, uh, future uh Indianapolis Will, Colts, Will Levis uh in the football game everybody was thrown all over him except for Kentucky so I mean the Tennessee's pass defense was awful all year now not as bad as they were against South Carolina but th- this was one of those instances too where South Carolina also caught them in a look-ahead spot because Tennessee was looking to just I mean they were riding a high um, you know, and they were just looking to get to the college football playoff and looking ahead till the end of the season right. and overlook South Carolina playoffs, playoffs, right? Cause they beat yeah. Missouri the week before 66, 24, by the way, uh, Tennessee, um, you know, only through for, uh, you know, is the, the only, uh, yeah. So it's one of those instances where you want to look at a look ahead spot. I mean, I think that you certainly were overlooking South Carolina in this game. And um, that could be part of it too, but man, it's just, 
It was an albatross. Some, I mean, it's college football. These things just sort of happen. And well, I, is Spencer Rattler the Tennessee game or is Spencer Rattler, um, you know, what he was against Georgia or what he was against Kentucky or Texas A&M or what he was against Missouri when he went 20 for 30 for 171, no touchdowns, one pick. So I'm sure By we'll get way, to this. And we... It's the same Missouri uh, pass defense that got shredded. Uh, by, by Sam Hartman. Hartman. Yeah, Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman. You keep, it's you the keep second time I've fat, done that. You keep bringing up Fatty and Book. It's the second time I've done that. It's very difficult. It's an SH. I, I mean, I get it. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> nobody gets it more than I do. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get we'll talk about this and get to the picks a little bit. But uh, I do want to make sure we 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 talk a little bit about it. like who do you guys. Jude, like, who do you expect to like for Notre Dame to ascend in this game? Like, like, you know, we, we used to, we used to, when this was a proper podcast, um, pick, you know, get, you know, players of the, of the game, right. you know, pregame. Right. So yeah, I mean, yeah. like, who, who are the guys are you looking to, uh, to, to kind of step up? It's a good question. Um, I, Probably one of the Adam Malolas. It's it's tough to say step up because I feel like they're already kind of stu- stepped up, right? right? right. Um, and replace Afoski. Um, the tight end situation is interesting, right? Which is that there's an opportunity there for some tight ends to get some reps, um, to get some catches that would have otherwise gone to Mayer. Or maybe we see more like Lindsey getting involved or... Styles nice for, or something. It'd be nice like for Lindsay to get a swan song. How right? how fitting would it be for Lindsay, right, to get, have like a like yeah. a seven catch, hundred and forty eight yard, uh, two cool. touchdown game? I just and again, I I, and, and like, I'm, so, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna so, put that out in the universe as something I really want because I I think Lindsay really took a lot of shit and he took a lot of shit with a lot of grace, uh, more grace than than we've seen from from other players around the country. Uh, and if there's somebody who seemingly deserves to kind of have that, like you said, a swan song going out, um, it definitely is that guy. Um, and, you know, leave Notre Dame. And like I don't think of the NFL is in his future at all. From what I understand, he's he's got a job out lined up out in California. He's done. So this will be his last, uh, which could be his last football game he ever plays. Uh, really would like to see something. You know, it, we never got what we were expecting from Lindsay, um, and it is what it is. Uh, but I know all of us are were just pissed all season long over the missed opportunities that he had. Um, and if he could find a way this game, uh, or if they could find a way to get him the ball this game and in some opportune moments to really, truly hammer that home, that would be just awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to look. I'd like to see Buckner make a statement, right? Which is that this job is not going to be just handed over to Hartman. That he's going to make him work for it, and that I think it's just a lot more interesting if off-season if content. Bonafide, if we if we have a bona fide uh, quarterbacks arms race, you know, going into next season, right? And if not Buckner, then I would love to see the kid Angeli, like you know, put together a drive and and show some spark or whatever, right? Because there's just no tape on the kid. Right. So he's, he's really a blank slate. He could be anything. And, um, you know, what, what little we saw in the, the spring game was, was certainly promising. So, um, if Buckner falters, then I'm, you know, it'd be, it'd be fun to, to dream about Angeli, right? RP three. 
Yeah, RP3, thank you. Thank you, I, Brendan. I just <laughs> not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that, but <laughs> showed up, the master. This could um, this could definitely be an opportunity for Benjamin Morrison. I mean, he had the Clemson game, but this could certainly be a moment for right. against a turnover prone quarterback. This could be a moment for Benjamin Morrison to roll into next season as a preseason All American. Yeah. Definitely. Which and, is just, again, ben, Benjamin Morrison is the most, not the most, but I just like, I've said it before. He wasn't an early enrollee. He wasn't a recruit that was talked about even when he, I mean, even after he committed, he was just kind of like a guy who was on, on there. There's certainly uh, people like that commitment a lot and were looking forward and thought he'd be a good player. But I mean, no one was really, no one was expecting this kind of production from him and yeah, you're right. Like it just, it would God, it would be so incredible for him to have kind of a, another great game uh, in the Gator bowl. And yeah, he could, he definitely could be a guy who, I don't know if they put him on the, the first team, maybe. I don't know, man. I don't know. They could put he's, him on. He's the definitely team. a second. He, like he, if, he, if he's a, what he's a first or second. He, he's on there one way or right, another. Right. If he, if, I mean, he probably should be either way. Um, right. But if he has a, a game against a turnover prone quarterback, which Benton Rattler is, especially under pressure, um, you know, if he has another pick, I mean, it would be very difficult for, I mean, he was a freshman all American. I think he was consensus freshman all American, right? Yes. Yeah. So Absolutely. I mean, I mean that, that would that be one of those corners out there. No, no. I mean, that would be one of those instances where you you look at it and you go, okay, um, that's, that's a building block for 2023. Um, And and other than that, I mean, offensively pick your favorite receiver or whatever running back, probably running back. I'm one running back is going to go for a hundred. I don't know who it is, but there could be two, but, but a running back is going to have a day on Friday. So who's your running back that's going to have the day? Who, who, who do you think that it is? Um, I think with the loss of, um, uh, you know, Pickens in the middle, it probably should be Audrick estimate, but I don't know what his workload is. And I haven't known what his workload is the whole year. He gets seven carries for all the fuck I know. Let me ask uh, you a question, Brent or, or Josh. What is, is Jadarian price in a place where he can play or no? No, 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 no. He's in fact, uh, I, it's something I, I had just noticed was, uh, Notre Dame, which if you haven't watched it, the karaoke cam for the, for the, for the Christmas songs, uh, Andre Custome, voice of a fucking angel. Mm. Um, my daughter, disagrees. but it was, the, it was the running back room. And <laughs> I think the thing that stuck out to me the most besides Andre Custome just being, uh, this generation's Perry Cuomo mm. is the fact that Jadarian Price was in street clothes. You know he what was I mean? In like, street clothes. I, I was going to say that too. When, I, when it wasn't like I was expecting him to be in pads or anything like that. Like not at all. But for some reason, it just stood out to me. Like he he was in there and he was he was in street clothes. It was just like it cements like that that injury was fucking for good uh, for the season for the season. Uh, so no, there will be no Jadarian Price. Um, and I really don't know, like we all, we all understand turf toe because of two Notre Dame football players of the past, Rocket Ishmael and Jimmy Clausen. 
Yep. Uh, it, it is just is not something that um, heals quickly. Uh, so we don't know how far advanced um, SMA is. You would hope that. And look, sometimes rest doesn't even really help. Like it's it's why people play with turf toe. It's because you really can't make it worse. It's just a matter of how much pain can you can you play with, or when um, it finally goes away. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't know where he's at with that. Um, Friedman was pretty like uh, KG? pretty KG? Yeah, yeah, KG, and also like, you know he's kind of tight lipped. Like you know we got some guy. You know, maybe we'll see. Like I, so it's hard to tell like you know what's going to be out there. Um, but I personally, I expect kind of a a big split carry game for Diggs and for Estime. Um And I think they'll use uh, Tyree gadget the way style. That they always have, yeah. yeah. With, with, it, with it as it evolved for sure. They will um, definitely uh, divide, devote some place to set on fire um, that get done with, with nothing being accomplished. Yeah, the, the, our favorite. Um, but I, you know, I expect a guy like Deion Colsey to, to continue to, uh, to put on his, his best foot forward. Um, and I, you know, a big targets kind of, you know, you're missing mayor, but Deion Colsey is a big target that that could be a, a real good friend to Tyler Buckner, uh, out there. So, you know, m- you know, more so than, um, than you know, like, like Lorenzo's house, oh. um, b- big target. That is a big Massive target. Do you expect um, to see anything from the tight ends from, from Mitchell Evans uh, specifically? I don't want to be real negative about it, but honestly, I don't. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, it's, it's going, I think the offense is going to look a little strange because I think we're, you, you just don't, you don't replace Michael Mayer. It's just, it's not possible. And I think if Notre Dame is smart about it, they don't try to do it either. Right. Like you're not going to try to um, to evolve that as a part of your big game plan. Um, I certainly think that there's there's moments and look, they're they're going to be out there running passing passing routes the same as anybody else. I was say, if, he's I, op- if he's open, you throw. We totally see Jake Thomas getting some of those looks, right? What do yes, what do yes, we see Jake, more of? Tom- so during the year, we certainly saw more twelve. But what do we see more of? Ten or twelve? 10, of course, being four wide receivers, no tight ends, 12 being two tight ends, two wide receivers. What do we see more of 10 or 10 or 12, 12. Okay. I still think you see 12. I, I think I'm glad you brought up Jaden Thomas's name. I think Jaden Thomas and Deion Colsey are going to be your one and two wideouts. As much as I wish a good game for Braden Lindsay. Well, yeah. Okay. Styles too, I guess, but I mean, I wish a great game for Braden Lindsay to, to get out of college with, but I think with Buckner finding the finding your target, you haven't played in a while. Those are big guys who who have been shown to catch the ball, especially Jaden Thomas, who's really looked. I think he's really looked good this year. Um, yeah, and could have looked a lot better with a with another quarterback. Uh, I think those two guys will be a, a focal point of the passing game. It just really depends on how much we're going to pass. But I know people are like looking at it like Buckner's coming in as a as a running quarterback, but. I'm not too sure how much they're going to they're going to want Buckner to take hits either. How much um, how much does the fact that it was his throwing shoulder? Do you think that that affects his uh, passing ability? Having not seen any practice footage of him throwing. Yeah, with all of the practice footage we've seen. Yeah, 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 it's it really is hard to say. 
I mean, if if it's healed and it's fine, then I don't expect it to be much of an issue. If they're if it's still if he's if he's if he's at like eighty five or ninety percent. Um, see, my my maybe, my line of reasoning is if it's healed and it's fine, we'll see more running. Um, because I I I mean it, he hasn't been like lifting with that arm while it's been injured, right? So there there can't be the same True. kind of zip on there um, that there would be otherwise. Uh, True. So I, I kind of have a, I have a, if, if it's, if it's good, I think we probably see more running than we do passing. Just, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not sold a hundred percent on Notre Dame passing it. I, no, like putting Buckner out there in a position to, to take, it's going to be uh, 55, to go, 45 rush pass, right? 55, 45 right, but, rush. Right. Pass. I, I, I think if you have, I, I think if Buckner is running, has, uh, 10, 11 carries, maybe you're doing it wrong. You know, yes. If you have to, if you have to use him that many times in the running game, like, like, like actual called runs, not quarterback RPOs. scrambles. Oh yeah. I, I think, I think that you're doing it wrong. Um, and your, your play calling is uh, a little, a little sketchy. Uh, and they shouldn't have to, I mean, you got running backs. And um, this is excellent. a team that can't really stop running backs. So you have an excellent offensive line. And look, even though Michael Mayer left, the tight ends that you do have, they, they block really well. Um, so, you know, don't – I don't want to see Notre Dame be in a position where they go into the spring with, yeah, you got Sam Hartman, but Tyler Buckner misses a spring because of that. Like you're, you're still going to need a backup because you're still one play away from QB2 right. being the starting quarterback. When does that um, ever happen in Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I – I think they'll be leery of that. I, I don't expect. I think there's people that expect Buckner to run quite a bit, and we'll like a uh, like Lamar Jackson at Louisville. Yeah, I just I, I don't I don't expect that. But if that's what they roll out with, and that's what they're comfortable with, I suppose. But I wouldn't expect it. So, all right. <clears throat> well, do you want to get into the picks, man? Yeah, we got we, we got a got, few picks. Uh, actually, it's the rest of the bowl season minus the natty. Yeah, so the rest of the bowl season minus natty, because we're in. Uh, today was the start of just the best period of college football um, that there is in existence, right? Because today there's four games, and it's basically four to five games from here to the new year. I mean, we are in a golden period of watching football. I mean, it's not like a regular college football Saturday, but it's every day there's a full slate of games. It's absolutely glorious. So we got a ton of games to get through. And that starts tomorrow at 2 p.m. No, 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 no. Catch our readers up to where we're at standings-wise. Now, 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 mind you, mind you, this is the regular season champ speaking to you. Uh, Mm. But we're throwing the bull season on top of it uh, as a – that's kind of like a WWE like cage match. Uh, yeah. So, so Jude and I in the bowl season, we're at 57.89. Jude and I have the exact same record through the bowl season. Uh, we've both uh, picked correctly on 11 of our bowl, uh, our bowl games here, um, which has allowed Jude and I to either pull even with That's right up. Josh. Uh, Josh is uh, at 49. Jude's got 49 correct. I'm at 50 and 44. Yes. Jude and Josh are at 49 and 45. 
Um, we're just crushing it in there. Josh is just killing our. I mean, we're, I'm looking at these picks. How was like, that Coastal Carolina pick today, boys? Uh, not great, Carolina pick today, boys. Not great. I picked a Carolina. Uh, how was the rest it of the day? How was the rest of the day, Josh? <laughs> George, uh, well, George, look, yeah. Josh, well, I just want to. I want to. Bowling, Bowling Green. Bowling Green is the HIV capital of the Midwest. Uh, you bastards. Well, you picked them. Why'd you pick them? I just want to brag for 10 seconds. In the last podcast, I said that I picked the Aggies for New Mexico State, the New Mexico State matchup. And then when it came to the Aggies of Utah State, I said I picked too many Aggies and therefore I'm going Memphis. And then went two and for you two on those this. picks. You did. You did. Your you Aggies, did. your Aggies, uh, adversion to Aggies uh, came through for us. That's right. Dead on. Right. And then B- Buffalo was a surprise today. It was a surprise. For all of us. Yeah. For all of us. Uh, that, you know what? We should have known better. There. We should have we we lost a lot hey, of money because it blew up our uh, how, it blew up our parlay. How about those? Uh, hey, how about those fighting Bo Morgans? Huh? Uh, yeah, Air Force, Air Force. Uh, well, here's the thing about Air Force that I didn't know about. Well, not the thing about Air Force. This is the thing I didn't know about Baylor. Um, Baylor didn't take this game seriously. Um, no, I, I heard no, reports on. Uh, I heard reports that like Baylor coaches weren't coaching this game. Um, I heard I heard this was easy money for whoever like the right before the game kicked that uh, whoever took Baylor uh, was a fool because all practice reports were that Baylor was not taking this. They basically, basically it. everyone that was they, bitching about Austin Novosad go uh, decommitting and going to Oregon and it was all about NIL money. Maybe that's a little true. But you maybe. know what? He was he'd been around Baylor. He's been around the Baylor program long enough. Maybe he just saw enough. He's like, you know what? Uh, I got to get the fuck out of here before this really uh, it's dumpster fire status. Yeah, well, uh, uh, Buffalo. And you know what? We put our you know what? This is our fault with Georgia Southern because it blew up a parlay and it would have been a nice windfall. Um, But we should have known better than to go all in on Clay Helton. That was our bad. That was our bad. We should not have gone all in on Clay. That was our bad. So we should have known better. I, 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 dude, I thought about that today. I was at Ryan had baseball camp and I was up there and I was just, I was sitting there just like, man, this fucking Clay Helton. I, I was watching the game and I'm seeing Clay Helton there and I was like, did we really just, did we really just go did. all in on we Clay did. Helton? We did. Because I forgot he, looked, that he was a Georgia Southern he coach. And I'm watching. See what I saw him on the sideline. I was like, too. he has that's, helped that's, us that's, out that's, so many that's times. That's intel right there. He has helped you know, us out so many times before. I just thought he was going to help us out again. My bull, my bull prep for for that game. I forgot he was the coach of Georgia Southern, and when I saw him <laughs> on the on the sideline there, I was like, uh, "Michael, I've made a huge mistake." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so let's get to the picks. Well, um, military. Well, hey, well, what's the yeah, score of yeah. the Oklahoma State Wisconsin game right now? I'm not even watching that. Uh, ten Freaking seven. Ten seven. Ten seven. Yeah, Wisconsin's up. Ten seven bad guys. Yeah. But I feel pretty I feel pretty confident. Um all right, so military bowl. Uh UCF and Duke. Uh Duke is a three and a half point favorite in this football game. UCF, I believe their coaching staff has been gutted. Um as their their offensive coordinators moving on and um, yeah. And is Duke's this, having a transcendent. Where's this game played? 
Uh, no, it's being played in Annapolis. It's the Military Bowl. It's oh, in, uh, yeah, playing, baby. Okay. They're playing at the place where, um, I mean, it may as well be the floor is lava. There. Yeah, they're not allowed there. It may as well be the floor is lava, and Annapolis is lava. And Notre Dame is like, nope, can't step on there. It's a bigger stadium than, uh, than they have at Wake Forest. Uh, I'll just say it. I'm, I'm going to take Duke. Um, I don't like oh, There's where... another Wisconsin touchdown. Uh, from the 24. Uh I still feel okay about this. Um, I do not. Uh, you, you know what? If you want to bet against Garrett Wrangle, be my guest. Is Barry Alvarez secretly on the sidelines? Uh, Look how no, wide open that son of a bitch was. I think oh, Luke God. Fickle is. Um, all right. So. All right. Let's get rolling. I'm thinking Duke in this football game. I think Duke wants this game. This is one of those things that's like, do you want it? And I think that there's been some coaching turnover at UCF, um, not at the top, but but uh, the the parts below. Um, and I think Duke wants this football game immeasurably. So give me the Dukies. Yeah, I like I like Mike Elko as another name. Uh, I think he's done a a good job with Duke. Duke is not an easy job. Uh, David Cutcliffe was uh, was definitely uh, you know their best their best coach they've had. But Elko can take him to a, another level within the ACC. Um, I think he's doing a good job. I expect that to continue for this. I think that they want you. I think that's absolutely spot on. I think they're just going to want it more. Um, and which is kind of strange, you know, because it's UCF is a is a group of five program. This is a chance for them to get a power five bowl win. But it's just not the same kind of thing uh, as and definitely not the same UCF team that we've seen over the years. Um Give me the Blue Devils, baby. ACC, you're just rolling. Yeah, I want no part of betting this game. And so, and I also think Josh is uh, absolutely radioactive right now. So give me UCF. You're smart. When I, when I team up with Josh, it doesn't go well for me. I'm what, looking at when, I pull this all, when I pull this all out, when I pull this all out, there uh, will be hands on cocks. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, huh. All right. Next game. Right, for the good time. <laughs> this is the Kansas Bowl, boys. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl uh, in Memphis, 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 Tennessee. Uh, I call it the Kansas Bowl because our Kansas is playing Kansas, and our Kansas is a two and a half point favorite. Which Kansas is better, our Kansas or Kansas? Jude, I'm not going to give you the opportunity to play think, the spoiler. I think they, I think uh, our Kansas is the better Kansas because it has more life. <laughs> more life. <laughs> no, it's because they're in the fucking SEC. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I just give me, just give me Arkansas because I just, I betting Kansas feels like I need to take a shower and that's weird. So what do I, what a delay three? Is that what I got to do? Uh, th- three and a half. Uh, yeah, three. Um, I'm gonna three, agree with three. you because here's the thing. Here's the dirty secret about our about regular Kansas, not our Kansas. Um. Kansas was like an adorable story because they started the season five and zero. they because started the season. Too. They started the season five and zero, and they went six and six. <laughs> Just, uh, they went one and one and six down the stretch. College game day was there this year. They, they were Syracuse. Um, well, we'll get to Syracuse. Uh, so oh, give me our Kansas yeah. as well. Uh, I don't know how much our Kansas wants to be there. And I'm sure this means more to Kansas than it does our Kansas, but, uh, Kansas was just dreadful, um, from the Iowa state game onward. 
You know, mm. I had one of those books when I was a kid about like funny state laws or whatever. I swear to God that there was a there's a law in Arkansas about saying Arkansas and how like if you are found guilty, you could like face a fine or whatever. I, I, I it's like the Extradite old uh, walking I dare you alligator and uh, yeah, but I, I should do it. I, I dare I the, go, the governor of Arkansas to, to extradite me. Start shouting. Oh, my God. Fucking Sarah. Huckabee I know there's Sanders a law in Ohio that that if a dog bites you, you get to bite it back. No, I thought you were going to say that you can't say um, uh, Lima, Ohio. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, the hell is going to say? You know what? My nephew is getting married in Lima uh, uh, in June. So I think I want to just shout I'm in Lima I'm in, uh, all night long. No, it is Lima. Uh, they get they get very upset if you say Lima. I just I've I've never gone to that length of calling it Lima. It's always been Lima. So I'm gonna there's find a, out. There's a town. There's a town in New York called uh, that's spelled C H I L I, and you'd say, oh okay, like you know, chili, like the like the food or whatever. No, they fucking pronounce it Chile. It's like, oh my god, you're oh just going god. too far now. <sighs> That's that's just too much. Which Kansas do you like, R or regular? Uh, I want to go with uh, with Rock Chalk just to be an asshole, but Arkansas is gonna win. Uh, Arkansas, that's ten points. This is my favorite. Like, there's a lot of spreads on here, and there's a lot of games on here um, that I like. This one, this one makes me laugh the most. Uh, Oregon. North Carolina. Uh, you 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 guys remember North Carolina, right? I said all the mean things about them, and it turned out true. Uh, in the San Diego <laughs> County Credit Union Holiday Bowl in San Diego, uh, this was the, the the bowl game that supposedly shut down the bowl picking process when they couldn't decide if they wanted North Carolina or Notre Dame. Uh, but North Carolina, uh, according to FanDuel, is a 13 point underdog against Oregon, almost two touchdowns in a game, a, a matchup between two nine win teams. Love it. How bad's North Carolina going to lose this football game? Cause they're going to lose. How bad are they going to lose? Are they going to lose by 14 points? Yeah. How good is I mean, it's, and it's fun. I'll go, I'll, I'm going to go first. It's, I'm going to go first. Okay. It's the fucking holiday bowl. This is going to be a 49-47 game, right? Like it is written into law. Yeah, it's a is, shootout. Yeah, it's it's guaranteed. It's, it's a stupid shootout. But 13 points, like I don't know. See, it feels like a backdoor cover, possibly from Oregon, but I think North Carolina can fucking come within 13 of Oregon, who's overrated as shit. They went. Right. Uh, they they had the playoffs in their their sights, and they went uh, uh, two one and two down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. I I absolutely yeah. I absolutely this line thirteen is a terrible terrible number, and it should be it should be ashamed that it exists. Um, I agree with Josh that I could totally foresee a circumstance in which the Tar Heels get some fucking stupid ass cover, and make me just want to throw my phone against something really hard. Um, having said that, I just, I believe Oregon is a two touchdown better team than North Carolina and I will not bet North Carolina. So give me Oregon. 
Uh, I'm with Jude on this one. Um, I'm glad to get free money, uh, or I get, not free money, but free picks here. Um, wait, you're all taking Oregon, right? <laughs> We're taking Oregon, yes. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't argue. Like I, I've talked trash about North Carolina the whole year, um, and I think that this is going to give an undue amount of hype for Oregon going into next year. Oregon's probably going to be a top five team. When you look at, uh, I think you're going to have two S or two Pac-12 teams in the top five next year. I think there'll be Georgia will be there. I think USC will be there, and I think Oregon's going to be there as well with the return of Bo Nix and what they do to North Carolina in this football game. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm on board as well with uh, Oregon covering this this spread pretty easily. I think North Carolina's defense is trash, and how is North Carolina going to be able to 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 accommodate without their their Sterling um, uh, cornerbacks? Uh, being in this football game, isn't both Storm Duck and Grimes uh, not playing in this game? Right. Well, I mean, it wasn't like they were really there, anyways. No, no, no. It's not really like it is. Whoever whoever picks them up in the portal is instantly worse for doing so. Um, all right. So the next game, the uh, Tax Act Texas Bowl in Houston at uh, NRG Stadium. Home of the, uh, the 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 Houston Texans, uh, Ole Miss and Texas Tech. Ole Miss is a three and a half point favorite in this football game. Um, I feel like Ole Miss is going to have their shit back together, and this won't be close. I agree. I also th- like Ole Miss here, and you know, if there's some guy that will definitely meet or exceed expectations in an NFL stadium as a coach, it's got to be Lane Kiffin, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, Ole Miss, I, I just it feels Texas Tech is just nah, nah. That feels uh, just the talent level between the two teams is just. Night I mean, I, look, their fan base will travel to that game, I'm sure, but I don't know. I'm, I'm with Ole Miss. Mississippi's not that far. No, no it's not that it's far. It's not too far, but I don't think Texas Tech fans are going to show up for a game in Houston, right? I mean, I mean, who's Lubbock I mean, to Houston? Well, like, what's the distance between is, is, Lubbock and Houston? Yeah, I was, was going to say. Yeah. Find that out. Uh, I, I just oh, looked it oh, up. It might it's, be an eight hour hour dri- it's an eight-hour drive. It's an eight-hour drive. That's a flight. That's a flight. Yeah, that's that is an drive. that is an eight-hour drive. And you know, uh, no, Southwest is probably not servicing Houston. Well, right yeah, now, South, Southwest. Yeah. <laughs> no one's servicing anyone, by the way. Uh, I know there's some Notre Dame players that aren't even. Um, you know, I saw some reports where like there's some Notre Dame players that aren't even that aren't even to uh, uh, Jacksonville yet. So that's fun. You know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, um, Ole Miss is closer. I think Oxford is closer to Houston than Lubbock. Third Mississippi. Um, SSI is IPI. To Houston. Um, it's a nine-hour drive hours. as opposed to an eight. It's a nine-hour uh, drive so as opposed to an, an eight-hour drive. 600 miles I thought, versus I 515 miles. It's 85 I mean, it's miles a, farther. Negligible. It's not that far. Uh, you could, 
It's an hour. You couldn't get more of a neutral site if you tried. No, no. I mean, this is negligible. So there's no home field. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to take Old Miss as well. Um, I don't think Texas Tech is particularly good. And, you know, there's something to be said about uh, SEC teams being wanting to be in these games because they typically aren't. But, um, you know, I'm just going to take Old Miss because uh, I'm getting, you know, I think Ole Miss can win by a touchdown. Uh, so the Jude Seymour Classic. My favorite, my favorite bowl game of the season. The Jude Seymour Classic. The Bad Boys Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Between so a couple of. You can't even cut grass in New York at this time. <laughs> you may see um, me tweet about this. Jude, so, Jude had tickets. Well, Syracuse, yeah, Syracuse reached out and they're like, thank you so much for your support of Syracuse Athletics. We want to offer you two complimentary tickets to go sit outside on a Thursday afternoon in New York City and oh, watch hey, the world's tell me you're going. football. Tell me you're going. What's that? Tell me you're Listen. going. No, I'm what? not fucking going. <laughs> Why would you go? Listen. Why would you that go, drive? Dude? Jude, how far is that drive? Is that three hours? Okay, it's it's six hours from my house. Okay, first of all. Second of all, I watched a pinstripe bowl between Notre Dame and Rutgers and watched TJ Jones slipping on the what was later called by Ronnie Stanley the worst field he's ever played on as a as a professional or amateur. Uh, and that included Palo Alto, right? Yeah. Yeah. And why do I want to include why do I want to watch six and six Syracuse versus what? Six and six Minnesota? Eight and four. Oof. Eight, Who's the quarterback? Okay. Who's going to be the quarterback for Syracuse in this game? Is it um, is it um? With four names, I would assume, right? Is it Garrett Trader? He's not playing, right? It's not the yeah, kid from I, Silver I, Spoons. I, 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 yeah. So it's a it's, it's a it's nine and a half point fucking spread though. Yeah, I, nine and a half spread. I look, I would, take, I would take Minnesota up to like 14. I honestly just like fuck Syracuse. Like it just, they're not going to score. They're not going to score. What was your stupid ass? <laughs> I mean, Syracuse got to, to, to six wins. They went six and zero, and then down, they lost five straight games before beating Boston college to end the year. I mean, Syracuse is hot trash. They're like the hottest of garbage. And I don't think Minnesota's particularly great, but like Syracuse is the hottest of trash. They are 0 and 1 to orange teams, though. Orange Minnesota and blue teams. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm lost. They lost 26-14 to Illinois. Well, I mean, not everybody can beat Illinois. Illinois had a transcendent season, man. I mean, I I, I wanted to I. I can honestly say I didn't I really didn't know much about Minnesota's season this year, which is kind of but they, they I mean they really like had a four and one solid, down the stretch. Yeah, they had they had a, they had a rough stretch. A solid year. They lost to Purdue, they had been Illinois, for and Penn State. Game since October. Yeah. Purdue game well, was rough. Or not, yeah, Penn, the Purdue, Penn State game the, was rough. Iowa game was rough. That's the game I watched. Thirteen ten, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but they did beat Wisconsin in Wisconsin, which isn't really saying much anymore right now, but that's still not an easy place to go and, and get a dub. No, and they, they um, ended they the season. There and, and that's a rivalry game with the Axe, man. Yeah, They ended the season, and I believe they gave P.J. Flack a contract extension through uh, 2029. 
<laughs> but nine and a half points, so I just yeah. I'll I'll cue you in for Syracuse. I know you're a huge fan of Syracuse. I'll just I'll just write in Syracuse. Like, like find find a comparable team to Syracuse on Minnesota's record schedule this year. Purdue. And that was a twenty. Look at that. They game. lost to they lost to Purdue twenty ten. That's uh, did that's, did, that's, did Syracuse that's, beat that's Purdue? That's I mean Syracuse if, if Minnesota wins twenty to ten. That's a that's a cover. So yeah, yeah. give me give me. Give me the Gophers, baby. I can, oh, you're taking the Gophers. All right. All right. I was going to say, I thought oh, that um, the fact that uh, Syracuse beat. We should be betting this game. We should be betting this game. We are betting this game now. All over it. I mean, Sean Tucker's not playing uh, this game. Like, let's go. I think this That's is. Better. This, nine and five is a popular number. And I think this next game um, is one where. I'm very interested. Is Florida State, um, uh, air quotations, I think back nine and three in one of the two Cheez-Its Bowls playing being played? Um, this one both sponsored and named after, as opposed to just sponsoring not named. Uh, Florida State nine and three somehow drew Oklahoma six and six in the uh, the camping Camping World Stadium. For the Cheez-It Bowl uh, in Orlando, and Florida State is a nine and a half point favorite. Ah, yeah. you know what? Right? I That's, go first here. All right, take yeah. a, I jump on this one. I'm considering I have been a Jordan Travis <sighs> fan since Notre Dame played them a few years ago. I just like I liked how hard he played, um, yeah. and he really had a, he had a nice season. Uh, I liked Mike Cravell when they when they hired him uh, from Memphis because I liked what Memphis was doing. Um, it took him a minute to get them to like not be a joke, um, but I think they're at that point where they're not like Florida State is looking like they could be for real moving forward. So that's that's great news for the ACC who absolutely fucking desperately needs. Uh, one of their Florida teams to not be a joke. Um, but anyways, and I just, Oklahoma's not good, man. They are fucking not good. And I can't think of a better way to say fuck Brett Venables and the recruiting bullshit that went on this last cycle than the cheer on the fucking Knowles. FSU Twitter, I'm with you. Uh, chop away, baby. Go Knowles. Florida State's going to have a top 10 finish this year. That's incredible. They would have a top 10 finish if they win this football game. Right. That's good. I mean, it's just a 6-6 six six Oklahoma team, but it's in there at 13. They're going to – yeah. That's incredible. I mean, honestly, I just did not think that they were going to pull us off. They they are so streaky. I mean, just look at look at what they did this year. with. Uh, they had those three losses in a row, like left for dead against Wake, NC State, and Clemson, uh, and then just – I mean, it wasn't like they had tough competition, but you know, Georgia Tech, Miami, Syracuse, Louisiana, and Florida. But I mean, you rattled off five more wins. So I'm going to say Oklahoma wins this football game. Marvin <laughs> <laughs> uh, is coming back, and uh, I think that when they win it, they're going to tweet out a random picture of a. Uh, Oklahoma women's uh, soccer player when they win. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So, June, go Carter ahead. Carter Carlson. This is Carter Carlson. And now I feel like I got a free pass because we're split here, right? And um, I just I, – I feel like Josh's analysis is good. I just don't love nine and a half points. Just don't love nine and a half points. I know That's that Oklahoma's burden – burned me on this before and i just i remember going to bat for oklahoma and they just like totally got blanked by somebody like 34 nothing or something and it was just like i didn't even show up that day or whatever but like it was just i don't know man i just i'm gonna say oklahoma because i don't i don't believe like brendan believes that they're gonna win the game but i do believe that they're gonna cover nine and a half points that's just that's a lot of points so i just i just want to say we're being there matters it's funny in this game where a a team with a much better record, I believe, wants to be there more than Oklahoma. Like six yeah. and six is a such a huge disappointment for Oklahoma. This is this is one of those games. If this was Notre Dame, you could totally see them getting just walloped in this game. Right. Yeah. No, there's definitely a, a motivation for Florida State to end the season in the top ten. I get it. Oklahoma probably put the season behind them. Uh, I'm gonna feel this so like stupid that, when this they, is like that bowl game with Oregon State in 2004. Insights.com. It's a lot of points, man. Still think Oklahoma is built enough to keep a game close. A lot of points. All right, so here's the dumbest spread of the whole fucking shebang, and this is the Texas effect. You the said bowl- that like four times. No, this is the dumbest. <laughs> I, no, I said there were spreads that I liked. This is a spread I don't like because it's dumb. The Valerno Alamo Bowl in San Antonio, Washington, 10 and 2 Washington, playing Texas. And Texas is a three point favorite in this football game. Explain to me how Michael Panix Jr., who's playing in the football game, right? How. Yes. Texas is a three point favorite in this football game. I can't explain anything to you about Texas this year, other than all I know is the boosters made Sarkeesian uh, start uh, was as nuts. And that's why Hudson Card is gone. Quinn I, years. Yeah. Yeah, Quinn years. Thank you. I don't get it. I'm not a big fan of Washington, though. Like, I'm like, I think they're, I think it's sitting there at, like 12 is uh, dicey. I mean, they lost to fucking Arizona State. But they did beat Oregon. They beat Oregon. They, they beat Oregon. They beat they had a, um, Oregon State. Oregon did, can't say they, they did that. They didn't have to play SC. They did not. Um, they or UCLA. They loss. didn't have to play UCLA. Or they did. They, they lost to UCLA. That's right. And I don't know. I mean that was a that was a couple of fucking solid weeks for them, uh, winning the Civil War and then beating Oregon. So, I mean, you're, I would take Washington to three points. I mean, it's just stupid not to. Well, I guess I'll be the stupid one then because the computers oh, like Texas. The computers like Texas. Um, maybe I'm leaning too hard on their one point loss to Alabama. <laughs> I do feel like it could keep this close and I'm getting three and a half points. 
And it's in well, Texas too, right? This game. It Texas. is in Texas. It is in Texas. But you're not getting three and a half points. Texas has to win by four. You're laying. I, oh, you're laying them. I'm laying three and a half. Ugh. I like that now, Jude. Yeah. How do you like them apples? I, I don't love that as much. I don't love that as much. All right. Let me join the crowd and get with Washington then, and let's bet this game. I believe in Michael and, Penix. I don't think Washington is great, but I think Michael I Penix Michael is good. Penix too. I believe Michael Penix. There we go. All right, next one. Um, first game of the best day of bowl games. Uh, in both coaches, uh, Dave Doran and uh, who's the coach of uh, Maryland? Um, Scapey McGee. Both, both <laughs> coaches uh, have agreed for the Duke's Mayo Bowl, that the winner will be doused in a Gatorade bucket of mayonnaise upon the completion of this football game. NC State is a one-point favorite playing Maryland. We, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just say it right now. I think Maryland wins this football game. I, uh, I, I hate, don't believe. I hate picking Maryland games. I hate picking Maryland games too. Um, the younger uh, Tungvaluwa uh, is the quarterback for Maryland. I don't think. I mean, since the injury to Dennis Leary, I I don't like picking NC State games. Uh, that's just as disastrous. Uh, you don't know if it's very Dennis good or bad. Yeah, oh Leary. Uh, it's Devin, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're thinking, uh, you're I'm an asshole. Uh, I park in handicapped spaces <laughs> while handicapped people make handicapped faces. Handicapped faces. <laughs> uh, Devin Leary. Oh. Um, yeah, so so I'm going to take Maryland in this football game because they have the proven quarterback. That's my full analysis of the football game. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, look, I took NC State to the detriment of myself all year long. They were my pick to win the ACC. Clearly, that did not work out. It's a coin flip game. I'm going to take NC State just to avoid betting it. So That's just smart. Um, all right, next game, 2 p.m., the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl in El Paso. Who, uh, who wants to be in El Paso? Uh, Brian Kelly. Um, I, I love the Sun Bowl. I like the Sun Bowl too. That's on CBS. That's always fun. I love the. I think it's, I love the fact that it's not. It could be twenty degrees at kickoff. Yeah, I just love the fact that it's not an ESPN bowl. Yeah, me too. That's yeah. the thing about. I, I like that it's on CBS. That's fun. Um, though I mean, Fox is getting some, and we'll get to some yeah, um, right. other bowl games that aren't uh, <laughs> coming up here in a second. Uh, but yeah, so UCLA and Pittsburgh. Um, UCLA is a five and a half point favorite in this football game. Um, I want to hear an argument from someone picking uh, Pat Narduzzi because I'm taking UCLA. Well, you're not going to hear that argument from me. Know, we can't have much silence on the podcast. That's not good radio. Uh, so probably just give us all UCLA. UCLA is across the board. All right. So the next game um, per, per the uh, the schedule is why we're all here. It's the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Uh, 21st ranked 
Fighting Irish and Notre Dame are taking on the 19th ranked uh, Gamecocks of South Carolina. And Notre Dame is a two and a half point favorite in this football game. Um, I've told you that I feel that South Carolina is trash. Um, who's with me? Same. Same. Yeah. Um, so I guess it only comes down to what I think the final score of this game is going to be. And so I'm feeling like a, what's the over under here? Do you know? Uh, yeah, the over under is 52. 52. Okay. All right. I actually am going to take the under here and go. I think it feels like a 27, 17 game. Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame gets in the thirties. I'll call it thirty. Like let's just say thirty-three, thirty-three, thirteen. Like what I just, that? I'll take a twenty-point win. Uh, would you say thirty-three? Why, why is it doing that? The numlock. Uh, would you yeah, say thirty-three, thirteen? Thirty-three, thirteen. That's what he said. Um. I hate picking scores. Uh, yeah, so I think I do, I do think Notre Dame gets to the 30 spot, and I think that it's probably like 30 to 20. Um, I think South Carolina is able to score some points, but but I, I think maybe a Garbo touchdown. But um, yeah, I think 30 to 20 sounds about good. I think Notre Dame wins this game comfortably. I think they're able to run the yeah, got- football and. I got it with no garbage touchdown. So they get one. That's a 33, 20 game. You know what I mean? So that's, I think we're locked up in that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're able to get a garbo touchdown. Just, just how that's, that, that's how bowl games go. Uh, well, speaking of games that, that aren't, um, uh, ESPN, the barstool sports, Arizona bowl, Wyoming Ooh. and Ohio, Ohio, uh, Ohio is a, one and a half point favorite in this football game is um, resident of Ohio and a uh, Mac alumnus, Joshua, the floor is yours. Who has the best Halloween party in the country? Ohio. There you go. <laughs> I'm taking Wyoming then. Yeah, I agree with Josh I too much. Listen, this is what I, I more difficult you think Wyoming was also uh, where Garrett Crawl, Hicksville's own Garrett Crawl, was a stud uh, All-Mountain West uh, defensive player uh, for the Cowboys. So this is a tough one. I, I also, the son of my insurance agent, uh, mind you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, that doesn't mean I, I back off of, uh, of state pride and, and Halloween arrests. So look, I uh, I feel like I got to dip in, in in one time. Uh, agree with Joshua against Brendan, so I will also take Ohio, um, just to to keep it spicy. But uh, I I don't I don't know anything about this game, so I'm just I don't know anything about this game other than uh, Brady Hoekscher talked a lot about the Bobcats of Ohio. Yeah, I mean, I think Ohio. If this, the, the two requires me non-max schools. If this requires me to do anything barstool related, I'm not going to watch this game. So I probably won't watch this game either. Well, yeah, you're, so you're not watching it then. But I think like, which yeah, is kind of funny I, that Ohio is in a barstool, barstool game. But. And then the nightcap wow. in this game is the Capital One Orange Bowl. Uh, a couple of orange Very teams. Orange Bowl. 
Right. It's a very orange bowl, and I would appreciate both teams wearing their home unis. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, I would kind of like Clemson to wear their perps and Tennessee to wear their yeah, that would be that would be dope. Now, see, Cle- but, yeah, but if Clemson did that, they would be backing down for their. They orange. would be backing down. You can't. You can't. You, can't do you gotta that. wear your yeah, orange you in the orange bowl. Though it would be dope if they wear their perps and Tennessee wear their oranges. Uh, but um, Clemson is a five-point favorite in this football game. Yeah, I don't get the over under is a ridiculous 63 and a half. Cole Kubiak is getting the start for Clemson. Uh, who cares or who knows about Tennessee? Um, I mean, what's the future of Clemson look like? And what is, um, you know, Tennessee Sands Hendon Hooker look like? I mean, just do you like Joe Milton? I do not like Joe Milton. I think he was a 50% completion passer in high school, and he's been a 50% completion passer at both Tennessee and Michigan. Right. The The only reason Tennessee was te- what, did what Tennessee did this year was because of Hendon Hooker. Yes. And that, you know, he, how good he he was. Um, I think Clemson, they, at least now they don't have to deal with the whole DJ Uyangale, uh starting bullshit. Like they're going to start the guy they – Actually, want to, yeah. Um, and I think I think they're just gonna. Dabo's a better coach, and than Hypo right now. Uh, maybe that changes in a few years, but I'm gonna take Clemson. I think five points is feels like a lot in this game, but um, I just think you just look at quarterback to quarterback. Uh, I think you know I'll I'll take uh, I'll take Kate over uh, over Joe. Uh, I was told always to take points in a shootout, so I will take Tennessee. Fool. All right. See, I'm just not sure it's going to be a shootout. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if Tennessee gets to 24. But it, I mean, Vegas thinks it's going to be a shootout. Like, like Jew's line of reasoning is right. sound because Vegas right. says right. that right. the the over under is 63 and a half, which is the shootout. Also, but just so funny on Clemson. Right, that's yeah. a little dirty too, because I think all three of us are in agreement that Clemson's been overrated all year long, right? Like we saw, no, and we saw Notre Dame just. Rated. I don't know, man. I, I mean, they're good, but they're not like I don't think they're top ten good. No, they're, they, and they got some opt outs too. Um, so defensively, that'll certainly hurt. But I mean, like I don't know if Cle- Clemson's still got a good defense, and like I don't know, they can still play defense. Tennessee can't play defense, so I don't right. know. All right, so next game. Um, this one's interesting in that Alabama is only a six and a half point favorite over Kansas State, and in normal in the All State Sugar Bowl, and normally you would say, well, yeah, of course, because um, Alabama's quarterback Bryce Young and best defensive player Will Anderson are opting out of the game. No, Will Anderson and Bryce Young are both playing in this football game, and Alabama somehow is only a six and a half point favorite in this game against ten and three Kansas it's State. It's stupid. That this is, is not the sh- this is not this the is Sugar Bowl where. Well, 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 who was that? That uh, that Utah beat, was it Houston? Utah. It was Utah. Utah. Yeah. Utah. Yeah, yeah. This is this is not that. This is not that. And Kansas State is not that Utah team either. Um, who was? Alex really Smith, funny. Urban Meyer, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're not that. 
Alabama, this six and a half point spread is all Nick Saban. Nick Saban is like Michael Jordan, where you could give him a compliment and he's going to use it. I'm rat telling poison. you, rat poison is going on. This is going to be, this is, to me, this is easy money. This is silly. Dude, why isn't this easy money? I don't know, man. I am going to also fall into that same trap, which is I just don't see Nick Saban losing to anybody from Manhattan. Manhattan, Kansas or Manhattan, New York. He ain't <laughs> losing to the Jaspers and he ain't losing to the Wildcats. So uh, I will also take Alabama. What would you say? Money. What was Nick Saban's record against the New York Jets when he was in Miami? <laughs> <laughs> I got you, dude. I got my jersey. What was it? What was it? What was Yeah, what was his record against Chad Pennington, Jude? Was that a Chad Pennington team that he kept losing to? <laughs> uh, no, I mean I'm taking Alabama because I'm not hey, a idiot. Even Dan Marino lost Ken O'Brien every once in a while. You know it happens. <laughs> so, um, all right, this game is. Um, Retinal cancer. Tire fire. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, um, trans perfect music city bowl. Uh, Kentucky and Iowa. <laughs> and Iowa is a two point favorite. What's what's the what's the over under here? Like thirty eight. Thirty one. Thirty one. Are you shitting me? Thirty one. No. Wow. Um, I mean, Will Levis, I mean, obvious first round draft pick and probably best quarterback in the entire draft class. Will Levis is opting out of this football game. Oh, so what is that performance? I want tape, huh? Oh, interesting. It's a race to 20. No, it's a race to it, 17. It's a race it, to 17 it, is what they're saying. It's a race to 13. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, honest. 13 to 10. Yeah, I mean, it, Vegas is saying it's, it's a race to a race to 17, right? 17, 13 is what they're telling or 17, 14. Um, so they're saying like 17, 14 is what they're saying. Uh, so who do you got? Kentucky or Iowa? Boy, God, it would be this hilarious. Have all over. If it's like six to three. I mean, do we have to pick this game? We have to. <laughs> and whoever you, I'll let you guys pick, and then I'm just going to pick the opposite. Because uh, we're I was not going to say, I think I'm just, I think maybe Josh and I can split the baby here. I'll take Iowa points are at a premium. Okay. I'm getting two yeah, points. I, I, feel, I was going to take it. Doesn't feel I like it. Okay, is that that matches out? Yep. Give me Kentucky. Uh, and then I'll take Iowa because I don't want to. I don't want to ride or die with Josh on uh, the picks this season. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're into the college football playoff. Michigan TCU. This one seems like it's set up for us to all take TCU. Um, Michigan's a seven and a half point favorite in this game. Does anybody got any hard hitting analysis on this? Because I kind of do. Look, 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 I, I never, I never, never, uh, never pushed away from a setup, uh, which is probably why certain things have happened in my life. Uh, <laughs> so give, give me the horn frogs. I actually got a lot of faith in TCU in this game. Um, uh, I think what, uh, what's his face was uh, Donovan Edwards is Donovan oh, Edwards is still in yeah. a cat is still in a cast. Still has um, a hand cast, yeah. 
yeah, as Mike Horam's out, um, sooner or later that that is going to catch up with Michigan. Because I look, I'm not going to say Michigan sucks, even though they do suck, but they just I just can't. Their defense is really strong, and I think this could be a close game. Like this is gonna this is gonna be like a 20 to 13 game, 20 to 17 game. And at least then I'm still getting my fucking my points with TCU. I think TCU can pull it off, but seven and a half points, it feels like a lot. I got a purple t-shirt. Let's roll. <laughs> um, so Brendan, I need some hard hitting analysis from your, uh, from, from the guy that cuts your hair in town. I don't, I don't have anything um, as far as the, the health or stability of any of the players go. The only thing I will say is that um, the one thing I will say about Max Duggan, as opposed to somebody like, I mean, Max Duggan is not the quote unquote NFL prospect that a CJ Stroud is. But what do we know about CJ Stroud is that as soon as he comes under any sort of pressure, um, he collapses under that pressure. And that's why I think he's going to be a bust in the NFL is that as soon as he's if he's got a clean pocket, he's able to operate. And, and we like to point at the he, he was able to do it in the fourth quarter against Notre Dame and a couple of sideline passes. But throughout the year, C.J. Stroud has proved out and including the first tilt against Michigan, if it's the first tilt, um, that when he's under pressure, he melts. That is not Max Duggan. The kid isn't. uh the arm talent of a CJ Stroud. He is a gamer. I think that, you know, when I look at TCU's roster, the things that I like the most about TCU is, um, you know, I think Kendra Miller is very good. I think Max Duggan's very good. I think that they're able to do enough in this football game to beat Michigan, I don't trust JJ McCarthy. And it's going to come down to an instance of like, do you trust JJ McCarthy to win this football game? And I do not. I do not trust and it. I think it's a lot point, different. It's a lot different to say that because at first I kind of winced when I heard that uh, Sonny Dykes was basically said that they were going to make McCarthy win this ball game. Like I've seen that. I've seen that before. Ohio, Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and that was without Blake. Blake Corum really, but I just, and sooner or later, it's going to, they're just, they're, they're not it. At least, at least I just can't see it. Maybe my, my hatred for Michigan is just too strong to see, to see anything of, of a possibility, but, yeah, but I yeah. just, I look think at, I think, I think you guys have been underestimating Michigan all season long. And I, I actually am re- have been really impressed with them as much as it pains me to personally say that. And I also don't think that uh, TCU is ready for this this spotlight. Um, and so I'm definitely taking Michigan, and I definitely think that they're going to cover this and and unfortunately make TCU look like they weren't they weren't meant to be there. That's fair. I mean, I can't argue with that. I mean, Michigan has oh. impressed me too. I just think at no. some point JJ McCarthy, and I just hope that it's now and not the Nash the Natty, because I don't want Michigan to get a playoff. I can't. Win, but I can't have Michigan yeah, get a playoff. Really. Get out. All right. So the next one, um, has there ever been a coach in the college football playoff more with his back more against the wall 
than Brian Day is right now no with Georgia playing Ohio State and Georgia's a six and a half point favorite in this game. But like the narrative on Ryan Day Columbus is Columbus has like, the rail ready for him. They, they got the, the rail, rail ready, ready for him, man. I mean, he's a six and a, like he's playing the defending national title. And if you go on and on um, DraftKings, the line on, you know, Ohio State is they'd be favored against Michigan if they won this game. Like, but they want to run Ryan day out of the, out of the, out of the city. So, I mean, does Ohio state keep this close or does Georgia win by a touchdown? Jude. Jude doesn't want to add. I'll go first then. All right. This we're living in a Georgia world. Let's be honest. Like they're, there's nothing in this playoff that scares me other than Georgia, but there's just, to me, there's just no other possibility other than Georgia. Uh, it's, it's yeah, why like, I was, unless it was TCU. It's why I was just like, put, I was just hoping really hard that somehow we were going to find, find Michigan in that, uh, in that four seed, even though they wasn't going to have, you know, I just yeah. like, or needed Georgia to lose. Maybe they, you know, dropped out anyways. I just really wanted that first game to be against Georgia and Michigan, but Georgia's just, I mean, I think they're going to, it's going to handle them. It's going to be a Columbus is going to be on fire. Um, it's, I think it could get ugly, honestly. All right. I think Ohio State's going to cover the spread because it's in a dome. I think it's on fast grass and I think that they're going to cover this game because it's in a dome. I don't know if they win it, but I think that they'll be able to keep it close. And they'll be able to keep within seven points. So um, give me Ohio State to at least cover. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling the same exact way, which is I I have I'm not sure that I think that they're going to win, but I think that they can definitely keep it close enough that they can cover what six and a half. What are we doing? Six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's doable. So give me Ohio State as well. All right. So the next game. I'm here with my family. LSU. Purdue. I'm LSU. Here with my family. 15 points. Ryan Kelly has never lost to Purdue. He never has. I'm here with my family. I don't know who. I mean, Drew Brees is the coach of Purdue, for all we know, right? Drew Brees is the head coach. That's it. That's that's canon. Drew Brees is, is going to well, run Aiden out of the Con- team. Didn't Aiden Connell... He, he opted out. Yeah, but 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 it's it's head coach Drew Brees, right? I mean, give me give me LSU. I mean, I, this is dumb. I mean, this is dumb. This is dumb. It's gonna be brutal. How's the second best tight end in America? Uh, is he playing this game? I believe he is. Okay. Of course, the best being Michael Mayer and the third best being Brock Bowers. Is there any way that Purdue, like, gets a sneaky backdoor cover on this? Of course, yeah. I mean, if it, I don't know, man. Brian Kelly, be, well, like, no, Brian Kelly teams Kyle's are just not, not playing in the game. I, I don't I don't see a path for yeah. Purdue scoring 20 points. And yeah. I think LSU with uh, – you know, but LSU is just like totally no showed on a couple of games this year too, right? 
They have, like but Texas I think Jaden. Yeah, Texas A&M I think, game. I think Jaden Daniels can at least get them to thirty, um, and I don't know if Purdue can get to fourteen. Yeah, LSU. The thing is, LSU is mostly intact, right? From what they were. Yeah, I mean, Brian Kelly's done a good job of keeping everybody there. Where's this game being yeah, played? So- uh, this game is the, I mean, how can you forget about the, the, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl? Not to be confu- not to be confused with the Cheez-It Bowl. This is the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. All right, so that's an, e- that's an easy ask for LSU, plus Kelly's played there before. All right, yeah. I, I, I was looking for a reason to pick Purdue, but I just can't, so LSU it is. Yeah, I mean, because... I'm here with my family. <laughs> All right. Um, fun spread time. USC to win. Makes no sense. Well, I mean, it makes all the sense. This tells me that Vegas knows that Heisman Trophy winner is not playing in this football game. Right? The Heisman Trophy winner is not playing in this football game against Tulane. I mean, if if the spread's only two points, Caleb Williams is not playing. Is that fair? And what is USC without Caleb Williams? Who's the quarterback? Who's playing? Who's playing QB for for USC in this game? Max Brown. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, does he still got some eligibility? Once they they John once Booty. for Anakin Skywalker, Keaton Mitch, Slovis. Must, Mitch Mustaine, Mitch Mustaine, I think is the starter. Keaton Slovis transferred back. Uh, here's your options. There's uh, Mo Hassan, Jake Jensen, Miller Moss, Keegan Patterson, Gage Roy, Isaac Ward. I mean, which one of these? Uh, which one of these guys do you love taking some snaps? A QB. As much as I want to take Tulane and the two points, yeah. Regardless, of the, regardless of the Caleb Williams situation, I just I can't, man. I can't, I can't get down to that level. Notre hard, Dame wins. Notre Dame wins. Michigan loses. USC loses. Schadenfreude. It's delightful. Notre Dame goes in the offseason with a dub. It's it's too good to not. I just it feels too good. Um, I also would love to hear, uh, you know, Michael Pratt hype. Right. You know, going into it. Right. So I'm going to take Tulane. I think they're going to win this game. And here's the thing. Can I hedge this? If Caleb Williams is playing the game, USC is going to win by like 36 points. 20. Yeah, they're going to blow them out. But if Caleb Williams doesn't play in this football game, I think Tulane can win. Uh, I'm with I'm with, US, I'm with USC. It just doesn't make any sense to pick Tulane here. Sorry. It doesn't make any sense, which is why I'm picking Tulane. Now, now you're going down my road. Hello. The line's too weird. Um, and that I'll brings us to the last game. 
um, the most prestigious and important of all games, uh, more so than the, the college football playoff, more so than the uh, the national title game. And that is, of course, the Rose, Rose Bowl game presented by Prudential. Utah, Penn State. Utah is a two and a half point favorite. I'm taking Utah because I think Penn State's fraudulent. Those are my exact words. By the Did way, you, Oklahoma just or, or Wisconsin just scored another touchdown. Just 24 seconds. I, I still feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 24-7 now, friends. I feel good about feel, it. Feeling even better. Feeling even better. You know, I'm, I'm even feeling better than I was before. Uh, just wait till Garrett Rangel gets going. So everyone's going Utah here, right? Yeah, and you're gonna take Penn State. So I, if I take Utah, I've got to lay two and a half points. Is that what I'm gonna do? Yeah, you're you're saying that Utah can't beat Penn State by more than a field goal, by less than a field it, goal. That doesn't that doesn't feel right. Give me Utah. Okay. And that for now completes the picks until the national title game when we next uh until we adjourn and, uh, maybe, maybe i should look at this strategically like it, did i differentiate myself enough from uh from you two to like to sneak into first place after this is all said and done no 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 because we're so close in it that um it doesn't matter it's, you just need to yeah. you just need to pick your picks you need to win you need to win right yeah interesting Whew. A lot. That's a lot. All right. Well, let's close out this uh, this fun little exercise. Jude, what do you got left of the tank? Uh, uh, I actually don't have anything. Um, you know, I, I kind of hyped the uh, the idea that that you know that we might see some some fire from the uh, NDFIM crew uh, based off of sort of last year's output. Um, they went for a more straightforward approach this year, which was still good. I thought it was um, a great presentation, so bravo to them. Um, and, uh, continued kudos to everyone who is burning the midnight uh, oil uh, trying to get this whole transfer thing figured out, whether it's guys going out or guys coming in. Um, also, kudos to anybody who had to deal with um, people who are – who shunned our school, but may have actually been interested in our school and took until, I don't know, say just randomly two o'clock in the morning, uh, on, on the day after, uh, signing day to make up their mind and pick a third school. So, um, look, I just, I think Chad Bowen and, uh, you know, uh, academics and compliance and, uh, athletics, Tommy Rees and, uh, you know, Marcus Freeman, obviously putting in a lot of hours, to make sure that our class got signed and um, and also sort of um, dealing with the behind the scenes nonsense. So I just want to give them all a special shout out and and uh, thanks for NDFIM to for introducing us to all these uh, these new recruits, because this is sort of the first time that a lot of us are getting familiar with the names uh, that you guys have all been living in and dying with for the last, uh, you know, say 18 months. So. That's my uh, that's my shout out.
All right, Brennan, what do you got else in the tank? Uh, I got nothing in the tank except for uh, enjoy the uh, Christmas season until uh, January 6th as it continues to go onward. Don't take your Christmas lights down. Uh, don't take your Christmas tree down. Uh, we got to keep the thing rolling. Spirit away. So, uh, don't take your Christmas spirit away. Still playing the Christmas tunes. Uh, still watching the the Christmas flicks. We watched uh, Jingle all the way uh, last night as we we keep the uh, the Christmas season rolling through until January sixth. Uh, Jingle all the way, of course, being one of the the best uh, modern Christmas movies of the. This is modern, but I mean we're we're talking like what. 20 years old almost. Uh, no, more than 20 years old. Shit, 25 years old. Yeah. Lunching all the way. But yeah, keep the Christmas spirit alive. It goes till January 6th. Okay. Yeah, I, of it's course, last night watched, uh, watched the day after tomorrow, uh, as I tweeted out. Of course, it was on. Yep. So there, there yeah. it was. Um, but I did also watch a. Uh, I'm not big into watching Christmas movies after Christmas Day, uh, but I did watch uh, Trading Places this morning um, as I was kind of waking up, which is most definitely a Christmas movie. Which uh, one? Which one? Yeah, they didn't oh, remake a couple years ago. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Go ahead. Oh, right. no, I, I, I don't, I don't follow that philosophy of remakes. There's, you know, you just don't recreate Eddie Mur Eddie Murphy and uh, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's impossible. Uh, okay. I got nothing out of that. I am completely gassed out. This uh, Christmas season has took a toll. Uh, <laughs> uh, kids don't get any younger. Uh, I think everybody is is looking forward to. Finding a day this like we're all off. Like no one, my wife's off all week, uh, and for some reason she wants to take the kids to dinner with us on New Year's Eve, which I find to be ludicrous. She wants to go a date night on Thursday night, and then Christmas Eve with the kids out on a date on Christmas Eve or on New Year's Eve, which I find just uh, okay. They'll probably listen to this at some point in their life. They're like, oh, Dad didn't want us uh, there. No, no, not really. Uh, but here you are, and there goes the bill skyrocketing for food that you're not going to eat. Uh, but uh, look, everyone stay safe out there. Uh, Buffalo got hit hard uh, by this weather, which I think calls to attention just uh, the inability of of some people to be able to protect themselves against the elements, um, you know, and things that they can't uh, they can't control. Um, so keep the Christmas spirit alive and be helpful to those around you, especially in the cases of extreme weather and extreme circumstances. If there's anything that you see that you can and can't do, maybe try to do a little something. Uh, just remember that, um, you know, people are all human. We all need a little help. You want to send shovels to Jude and to bear, uh, uh, bury himself from 49 inches. You'd probably appreciate that too. I imagine. <laughs> I was expecting yeah. the kid to like be to disappear in that drift, Jude. That I thought so too. Like I that. thought I thought your son was just going to just drop into nothingness. Yeah, it was. So we left town to go visit my folks on Friday morning, 
and then were just horrified at the reports that we were getting from back home. So we knew it was going to be bad. And my son was the only one that had brought had had the foresight to bring his um, snow pants. So we made him go in and grab all of our snow pants so that we could navigate through it and I could get started on um, the snowblower, which spoiler alert does not love five foot high snow banks. So he, uh, <laughs> he gamely went in, but Oh my God, I, I felt the same exact way. I was, I was taping it because I thought if we lose him right here in the cave and like, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be, this is going to be how it happens, you know? So, but everyone survived. It's, it's a huge pain in the ass, but we continue on. So, and it, and it snowed another, I don't know, six to eight inches today. Like we didn't have enough. Right. So it's just like, oh, my God. all right. Brendan, it's ridiculous. How, Brendan, how much did you get? Because I think we barely got like an inch. We're, we're, I mean, we probably got about four or five inches is all of a sudden done. Um, the wind I mean, we really white Christmas, carried a lot of it. We had a white barely. Christmas, which was nice. Um, yeah, we, we definitely had a white Christmas. Um, in some spots, the wind was so crazy. In some spots, you can see like the grass, you know, the tips of the grass. But in other spots, there's like snow drifts. But we definitely had a white Christmas, which was nice. Yeah, on Friday, I took uh, um, my wife to work in the morning, and uh, it was it was just Millennium Falcon style, just fly <laughs> all the way there and all the way back, just like I was at light speed. It was absolutely intense, which was it's how bad the wind was, because there was barely an inch on the ground. But it was just, you couldn't see anything. It was incredible. Um, but yeah, I could have used a little bit more snow, uh, but that inch, like I said, just barely gave us the white Christmas. These ridiculously stupid cold weather, uh, was awesome. I, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Give me another month of that. Uh, and hopefully it drives, uh, all of these pansy asses out of my state. If you can't handle it, get the fuck out. Um, cause there's nothing I hate more than listening to people from the Midwest bitch about winter in the Midwest. Like, what are you doing here then? Right. Just, it's just like, it's just like uh, immigrant food. Like you can get, you can get good, good immigrant food anywhere in the country now. Right. This is in the 1800s where you're traveling by wagon. They're everywhere. You can get great Mexican food in fucking North Dakota. Uh, just like if you don't like the fucking weather move, stop bitching about it, please. Pansies. All right. Well, that's it for us. When next we will return, will be shortly after the bowl season. I uh, don't know if that's going to be a Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday night record. We will f- <laughs> we'll figure that out over the next few days. Uh, but we'll be back uh, after the next bowl game, um, and hopefully with uh, some transfer portal news that'll make you say, "Cool." Uh, but for Brendan, for Jude, for everybody over at One Foot Down, thanks for listening, and as always. Go Irish. Make place!